Welcome to episode 208 of Comic Timing, comics podcast for the average comic book fan from the average comic book fan. Join in as Brent Casina, rotating panel of guests, and myself, Ian Levisi, discuss whatever comes to mind, time after time, here on Comic Timing. Do the Comic Timing Rumba! Do the Comic Timing Rumba! We're back what for the first time since December. Here now, Comic Timing. Dear Lord, that is the worst dancing, the worst white boy dancing from Mr. Oh, Brent is... Casina to get us started on this episode. Oh. Holy hell in a handbag. Are, are we the worse. stone sour to CGS's Slipknot, or are we like Dio to Black Sabbath and Ronnie James Dio went over there and forgot all about his old band? Um, I think we're the, I have way too few hours in the day to, I wish there were more hours in the day. <laughs> but the answer is uh, a tool and a perfect circle. That's that that that's the that's the correct answer. I mean, we were first for you technically. So yes, that, yes. That analogy doesn't work. That means we're tool. I'm, we're tool. Okay. Yeah, but oh, so we're in the <laughs> long gap between ten thousand years and yes, and okay, exactly, yeah. right. exactly. That's just it. I mean, it, it's better than saying that we're, you know, Limp Biscuit in any of the various projects that uh, Mr. Durst was a part of. What? <laughs> Come on! <laughs> Even though we started this podcast back when they were slightly still relevant. Anywho, yeah. No, Brent, we didn't. That was, that, they were, they weren't, they, were, they, they stopped being relevant in 2003. I mean, this podcast was around in 2005 and six when they were putting out. Does anyone care about those albums? When did when did Mission Impossible Two come out? Two thousand. Two thousand. Damn! Holy shit! Wow! That's that's what I'm saying. That's they were last relevant two thousand two because of my way. Okay. All right. Either way, let's introduce people. Uh, Yeah, Brent's back. It's Mr. Casina. What up, Brent? Hello, 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 hello. Uh, Brandon Christopher with a mic that works. Hello, hello. Uh, Top five reasons why Raphael Suhu is on this call. I can't think of any of that, um, but he's here anyway. Five, you asked. Four, I had nothing better to do. Three, um, I got stuff to say. Two, you presumably want me to say it. One, people presumably want to hear me. I did it! Fuck yeah! Yeah! Let's Woo! go! Yes. List God! I am the list God! The Zoomers must bow to my superior knowledge. Oh my god! And I just had to lower my my recording a little bit because we've already like gone peak raft scream, and we're only about Listen, three minutes in. I'm 38. You're only gonna get one of those every three months. That's true. That's I'm true. Old. And you are the Howard Dean of comic timing. That's what you are. <laughs> Hiya! <laughs> and Chris is here as well. Hello. I once again. I guess I'm the token taco <laughs> you love that moniker i'm just gonna start putting that on each episode i i think i just need i need a t-shirt or something we'll sell it at cons so like the point that we you have the group of guy and like the one femme in the entire group <laughs> your little name tag here yeah, I, mean, taco. I mean look i i i'm tired i feel like garbage but i was like no man i gotta be on this podcast otherwise it's going to be for you know Four dudes, or you know, actually, I should say three dudes and Raph. Yeah, thank you, thank you. There you go. In there a world go. Yes. of divided nerds, uh. Chris Nottis is the lone fan. <laughs> I mean, we only had Donovan or uh, Brandon for a while, and then we added Donovan, and he'll show up later. So we'll, I feel like eventually we will add another taco. That's affirmative action, guys. Got Donovan, okay? 
Hey, hey, hey listen, Mr. you and me both. We've been diverse ever since Raph was here. So that's you know, true. Actually, since, the, since year one, and Ian's, yeah. and Ian's Jewish, so technically, is he a minority? Uh, 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 it depends on who you ask. He's the founder. I'm not. I'm not, a, I'm not a minority in where I'm sitting in New York City. However, mm. I would be a minority if I was in, you know, Kentucky or whatever. So that's. Do, do you call yourself a B B I P O C? Oh God. <laughs> no, I'm white. <laughs> yeah, I'm white. Uh, since when did Donovan have a vulva? What? You just called him a taco. I'm like, oh, no, I said, I said we added Donovan, so Brandon was no longer the token. Yeah. So okay. surely we will find another female at some point. That's and you what, will no longer be the token taco. That's that's what he was trying to say. It didn't trying to say he just lost like several words he, in there. He and I'm lost, like, wait, he, what? He very slightly lost the narrative, and then it was refound. So, so in yeah. the comic timing cinematic universe, the next loan the um. Lone Taco, uh, we'll, we'll, the sequel will have the, uh, the 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 Taco family, is what you're saying. If we're operating by MCU standards, then it's going to be a long time because Black Widow took forever to get her movie. So that's that's true. It's going to be a while. And, and in the time in between the last episode of this show and now, like every single MCU thing has come out. Uh, except for Thor, which is next week, and uh, you know that's that's happening. Our, our good timing. Yeah, I know. But uh, hey, hey, reviews reviews are good so far. Reviews are good. Like people who saw it at the screening said that uh, that it's moving. No, those and- are reactions. Just wait till they type out their review, and they're going to find a way to tear uh, it all down and compare it to Thor Endgame or whatever, and be like, this isn't as good as anything else. More like Ragnar suck. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think it's going to be. I mean, yeah, you say the reactions are good. It's basically going to be like it was for Thor Ragnarok. If you like Taito Waititi's style, you'll probably love it. Mm-hmm. Like, my mom loved it, but my dad was like, why was that movie just funny? It was yeah. just all jokes. Like, mm-hmm. he was really confused by it. But my mom's like, I'm going to watch this movie again and again and again. Listen, I love I love Thor. Yeah. And I, I love him both Thor. So I'm I'm all in. Curse smash! Have at thee! Just to bring us back to like old school comedy. Yeah, also, oh, also, we should have my mom on the show. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying that partially, keeping in mind she's probably going to listen to this episode I since mean, I'm on it. Probably. You should, you should, you know, you have her on and she could talk about Thor. It'll be great. Oh my God. Well, th- here's. We could have Amanda on and she could talk about Thor's abs the whole time or the butt shot Ooh. in Ooh. Love and Thunder. Well, the last time the last time that she was even on the show was in passing, and it was basically to talk about like why I saw this movie. Well, that one had abs. That one had abs. That one had abs, and that's I why mean, I saw this movie. Yeah. Good night, everybody. So, yeah. so, those are valid reasons. Yeah, I mean it's 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 true. It's fair. I mean, she did see the movie, so yeah. It's and, not like she's lying. And yes, Donovan will be here in a few minutes, and he apparently has something very, 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 very important to ask me. So when we do get on, uh. uh the Donovan train, he will find out, we'll find out what that is. But here's a, here's the important question. It's been like six months. Where do we start? Because a lot has happened. Uh, I mean, there've been, there've been people that we've lost. There've been people who have left their jobs. There've, uh, movies that have come out. There've been comics that have been read. Like, like where, where do we begin this, this particular episode? Like, let's start with the loss. And then maybe that one, when Donovan comes in, he'll have something so, ridiculous it will cheer us up okay all right that's good that's good um yeah it's it's been i I mean obviously you know george george perez passed uh you know since since the last time that we talked um and i'm glad that he got to see pretty much 
well, not everybody, but like a whole bunch of people in his life that meant a lot to him got to see him before he went. And, and what a gracious and grateful and just yeah. like respectable, like if that's the way that everybody gets to die, mm-hmm. that should be the goal. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, if you have a condition like he did where he, his health was failing or whatever, and just to be like very brave of him just to be like at peace with it and just kind of like not embrace death, but embrace the process of, mm-hmm. you know, saying goodbye to people that really meant a lot and yeah. to have JLA Avengers, his momentous achievement in his hands, achievement, achievement in his hands and not, not discounting Christ of the Infinite Earths or anything, which oh, I think yeah. is probably a bigger achievement, but just for his career, his one long wonder project, that was it. But just to see him go out and like have all those pictures from the different creators that were like, I got to see George today. Mm-hmm. We talked about this. He was yeah. in good health and good spirits. And his, I don't know who was doing his like social media during that time as it was really kind of on the decline and he started getting really thin, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it's his wife or his children or whatever, but I, 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 mean, I, they, I think- they did a really great job just trying to like keep it high level and, peaceful and calm and like not happy but pleasant i guess like there was never a thing of like bad news in it other than when it was announced that he passed but like man if if there's a way to to go out and and you know it like that is really i don't know it was a and his example has been set kind of thing Mm -hmm. If you go to George Perez's uh, uh, Facebook page as well, they did post the public memorial that took place at uh, Megacon uh, the weekend of the convention, uh, where a whole bunch of his you know family and friends and uh, contemporaries uh, got to pay their respects to the man. And it's it was incredibly touching all around. I I agree entirely, Brent. Like it, it it's great that he got to basically do his victory lap. And uh, that Marvel and DC, even though I'm still, I still wish there had been more copies in the end. The fact that Marvel and DC were even able to put together a JLA Avengers trade in any way, shape, or form to benefit him. I, I wonder if that was like a last minute. I mean, it feels like it was a last minute thing, but I wonder if the print run was a total like this is the max amount we can do with the paper shortage yeah. and everything else going on. Mm-hmm. Like, I I really hope that. I don't know, maybe in, in five years or whatever the next, if they want to celebrate his birthday or an anniversary of his passing or something, they, yeah. just, they just find a way to reprint that for real on, on a mass scale. Maybe it, it'll take a couple of years before we get back up to speed with all these shortages, but I'm hoping that that's not the last time you ever see that book. Yeah, well. I, I, I doubt it's going to be. I, th- I think that when we, it, you know, that there will come a time where we'll see it. I just don't know how many years that's going to take. Uh, but Raph, Raph, Brandon, I want to get your guys' thoughts on, you know, George and what he meant to you. Well, my th- just real quick on the Daily Avengers book, my theory is that they're re-releasing the Busiek Avengers run, mm-hmm. and JLA Avengers takes place, I think, either near the end or at the end of that run. Yeah. So maybe when that concludes, Ooh. if the numbers justify it, they might do it again. That's a possibility. I have no inside information. I no, no longer no. work for companies that do. Yeah. Um, but that's my theory. Uh, in terms of George, man, I mean, like, he's absolutely vital to, like, a lot of, like, stories that I love. I mean, like... The first major event story I read that wasn't like the death of Superman was Crisis. And that's his book. I mean, that's his trademark. Well, at the time, that was his trademark book. I mean, I mean, arguably, his trademarks are, are Crisis, his run on Teen Titans, yeah. his run on Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. and um, 
Avengers and JLA Avengers. I think yeah. those are five Lamarck runs, and I've, they're all part of like my teenage years into like my early adulthood. So, I mean, I, it's profound. I can't think of another artist that's had as many profound runs and important runs that last other than him. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like to have three or four giant things. Oh, sure. Titans, Crisis, Infinity Gauntlet, Avengers, and then JLA Avengers, Wonder Woman on top. Like, I think he's the last of that three, honestly, because I mean, there's a handful of others from like the, the like mid early nineties. I would say like Jurgens, Burn, um, Pacheco, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pacheco, um, Romita Jr. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that are the last, and then everyone else after that, like well, your Alex mean, Rosses. You're like I'm Gary also Franks. talking like in terms of classic. Like when you think of people who have runs that are considered classic, yeah. Like Romita Jr. has a classic Spider-Man run, but does he have a classic anything else? Ramita, Ramita you know, Jr. definitely has some some classic runs. Uh, I mean, all over Spider-Man. You can, you can choose any of the runs that he's had on Spider-Man. Well, that, that's what I'm saying, like the variety of George's work that's and the, yeah. the quality of his partners and his art mm-hmm. and that so many are evergreens, let's call them. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's a testament to the man. In the modern day, the only person I can think of is Jurgens with um, – mm-hmm with Superman and with uh, Thor, but that's, yeah, it's two bucks compared to George's four and, or five. And, and his booster gold stuff. I mean, let's not uh, discount that. Oh yeah. 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 That's Yeah. But that's yeah. still like George has had a lot in, in the, in the last like 40, 50 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, he, his stuff was really important to me growing up. And uh, you know, I, I didn't remember. I, that's why I had that conversation before the podcast. Like I didn't remember if I had met him or not. I think I did. I don't know if we got to like really talk. I think it was just like he was walking by and I said hey to him. Yeah. Kind of thing. Because I don't rem- I honestly don't remember. It's been. Yeah. He was at the initiative booth that whole con we mm-hmm. were at. Yeah. I think I just literally went by the booth and I said hey because he had a huge line pretty much all the time. That's yeah. what I remember. But I, again, I don't really remember it that well. No, I was so, almost really I'm glad clear. I at least got to do that. And I'm yeah. glad I, you know, I grew up in a time where his stuff was still in print yeah. and that I collected. I mean, hell, he's the, if anything, he's the guy that, you know, made sure to remember that Darkhawk was in the Avengers and put him on the cover of the first two issues of the Busick run. <laughs> and I'll always have that. Uh, Brent, Brandon, what were you going to um, say? Tom Geek speaks still dissecting that cover, aren't they? Uh, oh. Yes, they are actually. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I, I think they got to the right le- uh, corner, like maybe like, uh, 22 minutes ago, it's still still going, still going. But that, that okay, that is a classic. Okay, this is being released on the CGS feed. I will remind you all if you have not listened to the footnotes on JLA Avengers, do, do it, do so because that absolutely that is classic. Yeah. Podcast. I absolutely I, were, like re- required listening, honestly. Because yeah. I just realized maybe Dark Call one of those covers. Jeez, thank you, George. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> You and your, you know, like George has always been one of my top artists, but that might just put, he might be my favorite now, be, just because he remembers Darkhawk exists. Yeah. Oh my god. Justice for Darkhawk, man. Brandon, any, anything stand out uh, that hasn't been mentioned? Oh, I mean, George is—he is the person who created my all-time favorite superhero. Yeah. Oh, well, one iteration of that superhero, which is Dick Grayson, Nightwing, mm. and. Nightwing is, has been my guy since I've been a kid, you know, and without George's 
uh, revamping of Dick Grayson to like a modern aesthetic, I, I wouldn't have my favorite superhero. Definitely. And uh, like it's it's a testament that so many people have been um, showing his their support of him, uh, and how much that he has meant to them through, um, not just as like creatives, but like as people who actually just appreciate his artwork and his art style. Like I'm not a, I'm not a big art person, but I knew the second that. George Perez was on the book. It was going to be something magical, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like his Wonder Woman, where he redefined the modern day mythology for that character. And it was the driving force for that book for what? 50 issues. Yeah. Yep. By single, single handedly. Cause editorial was like, no, we don't, we don't care about Wonder Woman. No, he was like, no, you have to give this character respect. And that is just like, you don't see that. I don't want to say like dry, but he had that, that joie de vivre for like all those characters. We certainly wouldn't have had the Wonder Woman movie that we had without George Perez breathing new life into the character back in the eighties. I think, I think that, uh, you know, what had been happening with her was one of the main reasons why Christ on infinite earths happened is that it, it needed a, it needed a refresh. It needed to bring things, you know, new and George was there to streamline things where it needed to be streamlined and make make the character matter again. And really, he he, he got that ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Yep. Chris. Also, Phil Jimenez. Oh yes, and and Phil Jimenez as well. Well, Phil Phil Jimenez wouldn't exist without George Perez. Like, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, without George Perez. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, no no question about it. And Phil has said so many a time. In fact, one of the one of the most awesome things that Phil Jimenez has been doing uh, when he has spare time has been uh, basically inking the never-released JLA Avengers pages from the 80s on Twitter. Um, and uh, some of the stuff, if you go to Phil Jimenez's uh, Twitter account, you'll see it there, uh, just what he's been doing in honor of George to try to you know keep his legacy alive in one way or another. It's absolutely stunning stuff. Uh, Chris, is there a specific uh, George that calls out to you or uh, just the man himself? Uh, I mean, not really. I mean... I've been reading comics like seriously since I was about 11 and like, he's just, he was just kind of part of the, I guess I could say I took him for granted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do find interesting and I apologize for whatever the hell is going on in the background here <laughs> is like, uh, like Brett pointed out that people were able to actually sort of like celebrate him while he was still alive. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that this is an industry that seems to uh, experience sudden loss a lot. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's a small industry means that everyone feels it. So I, you know, because we think about when Dwayne McDuffie died and I think I remember what's up. No, we saw him right before he died. Yeah. It was like two days or one day beforehand. It might've been yeah. his last public event. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember exactly, but I remember sometime after that, I think somebody said like, yeah, you should always tell the people that you care about you, like appreciate them while yeah. they're still alive. And I remember going up to like Mark Wade. I was like, Mark Wade, like you said that. So I want to tell you, why I appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> he was so confused. Cause then he started talking about Dwayne. And I was like, no, I just wanted you to know that I'm glad you're around, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but George, yeah, I would say for me, the big standout of his work was the Wonder Woman stuff, just because that the cover, like the art, uh, I'm always really sensitive to how female characters are drawn in comics, yeah. just because, 
you know, there's always either like the sex object thing or the afterthought mm-hmm. kind of drawing. And, you know, like you look at his Diana as she's just so detailed and like joyful and everything. And it's just really nice to look at. Uh, but yeah, like, I don't, I don't, I, I hate to be like, I don't really have strong memories of George Perez. He was just, again, he was just part of the tapestry for me. And that's, you know. a, that's as strong a memory as you could have, honestly, that, that, yeah. that he was, that he was part of your reading history in one way, in, in any way. Um, and honestly, I think, I think he would be happy to hear that too. Just, just as a, just as a creator that, you know, that, that his, his work mattered, uh, in the way that it did matter. And yeah, that piece of art you just posted is definitely like a standout. Um, I mean, I think that's a re, a re, sorry, a recreation of the original cover, Mm -hmm. right? Because I remember her hair is way like kinkier in the original drawing. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think it it might just be a recolor or a re-ink over it. But, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, in, in general, just, yeah. One thing, one thing that I loved about, about George, and his draftsmanship was also just the way he could pose people. It's just it—it it, it was always the perfect pose for the perfect moment. Very, very rarely did anybody ever seem out of place. And he also didn't shy away from detail. Yes. Oh my. Oh, oh my God. Do, do you remember Roma, Roma Scarlet Witch, and like the extra mm-hmm. curls in her hair and yeah. the extra elaborate designs? Like most artists, you would think would be like, okay, I got a deadline. I'm not doing all that. But George is like, no, do, 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 do. let me just add all these specific little curls in her hair. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it, I, I love his art. Yeah. And, and also, that was a great costume, Wanda's yes. Roma-inspired costume. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I love it, too. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, and that was uh, right when uh, the Avengers relaunched uh, after after some shady you know, eras of the Avengers where they really didn't matter nearly as much. Um George helped breathe new life into the Avengers with with Kurt Busiek at the at the helm as well, and really ushered in a brand new era for the Avengers. Just like the way that he helped usher in a brand new era for the Titans, you know, years earlier. That I I think that in some ways even you could even go back to that relevancy of thinking that we may not have even gotten the Avengers movies without that particular run because it it catapulted the Avengers back into the popularity spe- uh, sphere with, with Marvel characters, you know, before that was freaking heroes were born. Like, come on <laughs> heroes return. That is, or no, it was heroes were born. Then heroes return. Yeah. Right? No, heroes return is the, is the run that he started. Cause that's when yeah. I started reading Marvel. Right. Exactly. Back so, in those yep. early days of 98, I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the dark ages. <laughs> Listen, I love those times. Those are my favorite. The, Identity oh. Crisis Spider-Man, mm, so good. Oh my god! But, uh, the George Perez Storyteller book. Mm-hmm. Um, I read it. I read it through Comicsology Unlimited. It used to be on there, and now they. I don't. It says Kindle Unlimited right now. I don't think it's Comicsology Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the less said about that, there. the better. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It might be on Comicsology Unlimited. I don't know for that you could read for free, but mm-hmm. they have the digital version of ten bucks. I don't think it's in print anymore. Actually, it says hardcover. They have thirty-one for thirty bucks, but that was an excellent overview of his career. Yeah, from his very beginnings, learning how to draw, to his first book that was published, into Crisis, into Avengers, into JLA Avengers, to the independent stuff he did um, after that. You know, just a wonderful retrospective. I think all the way to Legion of Three Worlds. You know, yeah, um, it's a it's a wonderful like look at his career. So if you're a huge George Perez fan or have an interest in 
learning more about the man and his pursuits and his loves, not just of drawing and art, but mm-hmm. his day-to-day life. That is a great book to, to seek out. Was Legion of Three Worlds his last sequentials for DC, or was there anything after that? That might have been the last thing. I think Brave and the Bold was before then, but that might have been the last real main project he did. I know he helped out on some covers and stuff a little bit after that, but I think that was the... I remember that coming out like... I feel like there was a gap or something in a couple issues. Like It it took a while to 2010, 2011, I want to say. Yeah. Because that's Final Crisis. Mm -hmm. I know he was on uh, Superman book for a while also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yes. Actually, with uh, he was with, writing and doing the covers. I yeah, think, right? with with New Fifty Two, he he may have even drawn. I think the first like two issues or something like that, and then and then dropped off. Um, yeah, the 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 the, uh, the just the plain Superman. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When when uh, when Morrison was on action, he was on Superman. <clears throat> yeah, yep. I do remember that. Yeah. Um, and un- unfortunately. You know, another another luminary of the world. Well, two luminaries we lost. We we lost Neil Adams uh, a, a, a little while after we lost uh, uh, George. And I mean, obviously, Neil Adams had you know lasting impact all over DC and Marvel and uh, you know the Batman world, the X Men world. Uh, you know, Superman, Green Lantern, Green and Green Arrow. Uh, so many important moments you could point to that Neil Adams had a part of. Um, and another one that had such a distinct art style as well. Uh, every time that I saw that Neil Adams was on a book, you could usually tell that it was Neil Adams doing the art because he had a very simplistic style that also just brought out like all the best characteristics of a character um, even when he was just being simple about it, like it was, it, 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 there was also a, a depth of character to each to each personality that he was drawing on the on the uh, on the screen. Um, and yeah, it's sad to see him gone. Yeah, and that was a surprise also because I, I remember he was still doing like his Facebook and Instagram stuff also. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, absolute and, shock. And mind, and mind you, uh, I think, and I'm, I'm, I, I'll have to get confirmation on this, but I, I think there were even some like one or two covers that were still coming out after the news uh, that he had at least worked on. I don't know whether or not he had worked on it um, as fi- you know file pieces that were then released or what have you, but. You, know, you mean like Michael Turner's ever, ever like never ending release cover uh, yeah. comic cover releases? Yeah, Michael Turner's still putting out covers in the year twenty twenty two. So hey, yeah, they're going to reuse the Azrael design sketch from Joe Casada as a cover, apparently. Oh, really? Yes, <laughs> one of the all time greatest character designs. Oh my god! But uh, yeah, I would say Neil, DC's Neil Adams. Star Talk. He he was doing stuff like I, I think he just finished Batman versus. Raz al Ghul or something like that, like not too long ago. He had just yeah. finished a another twelve issue run of just bonkers off the wall stuff. I didn't read the Superman twelve issue thing. I didn't read Batman versus Raz al Ghul, but I did read Batman Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Oh jeez, man, that okay. was bonkers. <laughs> so uh, I didn't. I have. Uh, I probably have the most Neil Adams stories here because I'll, Neil Adams is inadvertently the most important one of the most important comic book people in my life. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go last. 
Okay. Oh, you can have my turn if you want it, Rev. That's fine, man. I mean, I mean, I, I, I loved, I loved his work, but, but I need to hear everything that you're about to say. So, Rev, please. Okay. So, uh, I probably have told variations of the story before. You guys are on my Facebook, so you've probably seen it. So, Neil, Neil um, was very much a pro, a pro um, artist, like pro creator. Uh, advocate. Yeah, uh, he advocated for Sequel and Schuster to get credits in Superman movie. Mm-hmm. He um, so there. The way he relates to me is that um, he runs a studio called you know Continuity Comics. That's not too far from. That's like in it's in Midtown. It's like it's like on Thirty Eighth Street. It's not it's not too far from the Times Square store I used to work at. And uh, he he hi, he he took on a lot of people. Like he had people working in the studio. Mm-hmm. And one of them was uh, was this guy named Moses, and I don't know if I've ever mentioned him on the podcast. I probably have, maybe years ago. Maybe. But Moses is a guy from the Lower East Side, which is where I grew up. And he uh, he eventually, after he was a ghost artist, mostly he has a lot of uncredited work out there. So um, I mean, it's hard to you can be like prove it, show me where his work. I can't really mm. because I've seen his work and I know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. But, but he's like he worked he worked with um Rich Buckler and he worked with Neil Adams, both of whom have all three of them actually have now passed away. Yeah. So um it's really hard for me to pull up evidence because I don't I, I don't remember all the references. That's but yeah. the point is he used to work with Neil and uh he he opened up the comic book shop that I grew up in. The the first one I started going to collecting to collect comics in ninety seven. So if Neil never hires this guy and this guy never opens a comic book store, who knows where I am? Yeah. In terms of like who I am. So Neil is important to me in that respect. Um, here's my theory about Batman Odyssey. Oh boy! So Moses is he's he's had a he was he's he he died like a year ago, year and a half ago, mm-hmm. and he had a wild life. Like he 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 learned escape artistry from Houdini. Oh wow! Like he did a lot of he's told me stories of things, some of which I don't believe. <laughs> and as it turned out, uh, he was. Uh, I found out because uh, one of his students, like who I found, like posted on his website that he died, and I read through like his experience with him, and he he was paranoid schizophrenic, mm. and my and my dad was paranoid schizophrenic, so like I seem to be like attuned to paranoid schizophrenics. Okay. But my point is, is that the way that Batman Odyssey is written, mm-hmm. I get the feeling that Neil kind of threw my buddy Moses a break. Mm. And sort of like took an outline or some ideas he did and like did a book with him. And okay. that is the book mm-hmm. because it sounds a lot like this. It just sounds like that aesthetic. It doesn't sound like Neil at all. Right. It doesn't make sense to what Neil's done before. Right? It was very different. Right. And yet when I read it and when I looked at the art, mm-hmm. because Moses is a very distinctive art style. Yeah. It reminded me of him. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that wasn't like one last favor he did for him. To kind of get him published in a book, That's or at least get him some work. Yeah, uh, I could be wrong. You know, like if the Adams, if anyone from the Adams family, you know Neil Adams's family, would like to disprove me, that's fine. But it's also funny because um, uh, Neil did a movie back in the eighties, and Moses was the lead villain, and Neil's kids were the protagonists of the story. They had like this like super powerful like. <laughs> weapon in a teddy bear it's a trauma movie so I, okay. it's like it's like one of those movies yeah. can't find it anywhere i've been looking for it for dec- literally decades now oh, it's not available in the u.s i don't know where it's available trauma won't answer me when i asked him about it <laughs> i don't know what to do but uh yeah so like 
I think I think in a weird way, like that's what happened with Odyssey. It's a total conspiracy theory. I have no proof. It's just suspicions I have based on my experience with that. And you know, Neil used to come to the store all the time. I mean, my my favorite thing now, but not my favorite thing then, was like I'd be closing up at nine o'clock and downstairs saying goodnight to people, and I I you know I would sweep and then I'd hear someone walking out and say we're closed, and then I'd hear a voice go. Is it closed for Neil Adams? And it's like, <laughs> okay, Neil. Okay, Neil. Yes, it's not closed for legendary artist Neil Adams. Please come up. All right, how are you doing, Neil? What's going on? Oh. Like, I get it. I get like we it was it was just, you know, we were having fun. We were goofing off. And like I don't I wouldn't dare say like I was friends with him. No. He knew who I was. You were, friend, though, you were friendly. And that's kind of, yeah. Yeah, we were friendly. Yeah. So like, but like, you know, things like that, the fact that you know, he he was really great about creators. That's that's something I, I liked about him that even before I knew him, before I started talking to him. And like, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's weird. Like, but, and, you know, Chris said comics was so, it's a, such a tiny world. I mean, I got to meet him. I got to meet someone who worked in comics when I was a teenager. And they've, you know, that, that's led me to, okay, let's not go there. But like, it's led me to where I am now, well, sort of. Well, yeah, but, but still though, like, First off, uh, if you haven't uh, become a member of the Lost Media Wiki, you may want to mention that to them, Raph, and see whether or not they can help you on your search because they're very good about finding stuff yeah. that would otherwise be hard to find. Um, so the Lost Media Wiki, Lost Media on Reddit, like any of these places. Didn't they find the um, the Sesame Street thing? They did, Like yes. a couple weeks ago? Yes, very very recently uh, it got uploaded after a whole bunch of yeah, searching. Yeah, yeah. I actually had thought about that when I when I heard about that story, but I didn't really follow through on it. Yeah, but the, give, it a, give it a shot when you get a chance. <laughs> um, but, but I would say, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, even your the, – the contributions of Neil Adams certainly led to – you being you in one way or another so we can i mean you know if it was if it wasn't i mean i think it's kind of inevitable because like even i wasn't i was reading comics it's just that i wasn't going to the comic book store every week sure you know for like i mean that started it so it's been like you know december of 97 till now yeah with no not now like i can't really say that anymore i don't go to a comic book store anymore but like you know december 1997 to like you know, twenty eight, like June twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. August twenty eighteen. Yeah, every week in the comic store, I was going. So yeah. like, that's it's it, a it, run, man. Means, that is a run. It means a lot, man. It really does. Yeah, uh, I, I haven't read a lot of Neil Adams stuff, so I'm not attached to him. Like I, I mean, I'm not attached to George Perez, but I've read a lot more Perez than I have Neil Adams. But oh, he's my Batman. Favorite Neil Adams story is listening to the Word Balloon episode he did with John Sandro. Hey, Donovan, uh, and. This was like 2005, Whoa. and I remember I was driving to my grandparents' house, sitting in the backseat of my dad's car. I was in college or something on my little iPod Nano. This brings me back. Yeah. And Neil Adams is going on stories about just fucking some crazy Pangea like uh, pre- oh yeah, prehistory oh. shit. He believed in the Hollow Earth. I think I'm th- I think he was a Hollow Earth it guy. It wasn't Hollow Earth. It was something other. Yeah, than something that was like that. Kind of radical and wild. That I was like, oh, that's oh, it was the. I think the general idea is that the Earth grows, so like not that Pangea was together, but that like Earth was smaller and all rock, and then it broke apart based on the plates, and that's why like if you shrink the Earth down with the continents as they are now, they'll all fit together in like somewhat of a of a sphere, and because it grew, 
they grew apart and water filled it. I, like I said, it was kind of yeah, nuts. That, yeah, yeah. No, um, I've, I've talked to Neil about that before. But I I just remember watching some video after him talking about it on John Suntress's Word Balloon show, and I'm like that's totally bonkers. So I don't I don't know if that's I know Suntress recently re released an old episode. Yeah, I don't know if that's the one. It might be, <laughs> but I also remember him talking about like. I feel like wasn't John Cassidy at Continuity Studios? Like, you know, he probably gave a lot of artists a a good start Mm -hmm. um, that we have to thank for him today. And also the um, Jerry Seinfeld B commercial. That's (laughs) commercial was Continuity. Uh, That's him. Yep. That was their project. Nice. Yep. Because for a while there, that's all he'd ever talk about when I I would see him at a a convention. Uh, yeah, D- Donovan Morgan Grant joins us uh, officially now. Donovan, what's going on? Hey guys, how are you? How long have y'all been rolling? Uh, about a, about a half hour or so. We talked George Perez, and now we're, now we're rolling into Neil Adams. Um, any- so these kids, these kids, <laughs> right on the left, they're screaming Yuri, and on the right, they're screaming Yowie. Yeah, we'll, we'll and the there. four of us we'll, are we'll so get- confused. Raph, we'll get there. Donovan, anything that you would want to add about the about George or Neil? Uh, we haven't gotten to Tim yet. Where that that's next? Um, yeah, uh, I my last convention that I was at was DragonCon twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. and I was at a Marv Wolfman George Perez on Teen Titans. Then asked him a question about why didn't the Titans look into you know like like you know Terra was basically. Um, sexually abused why didn't they talk about that and like i think it was mainly marv that answered it and marv signed my copy but i didn't actually talk to george and i deeply regret that now um it's incredible talent obviously uh neil adams i've met twice mm-hmm. um my first comic con i met and he was to be completely honest a bit dismissive mm-hmm. it wasn't really I w- it wasn't just like he was kind of just sketching something kind of to a stable and like he didn't really kind of meet eye contact but the second time i met him he came down to nashville to sign at my comic shop and he was very nice very gracious apparently i, I learned later that he stayed there longer than was kind of slotted because he got there late mm-hmm. and he signed my copy of um green lantern green arrow that he did with neil uh daniel neil from the 70s nice. which is probably my favorite uh of his work yeah um as I, I love that run the hard traveling hero stuff it's absolutely dated but it's so energetic and earnest that like it's 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 eminently readable to me, and it's definitely my favorite version of Green Arrow. So, um, I mean, uh, he definitely had enough clout to do more creatively, creative, interesting things, or stuff that was interesting to him, like his Batman stuff. I, I saw that you had like his Rachel Gould story from recent years, mm-hmm. uh, Batman Odyssey, which was a lot more sort of indulgent to him. But he had he had long since earned it, not only in terms of his talent, but also what he did with um. Stiegel and Schuster and just being a, a strong voice for creative sure. for decades. Yeah. So he could have done whatever he wanted and he did. And, and um, uh, I'm glad that like we have an opportunity um, to honor both him and Perez uh, because they deserve it. I'm just glad that like when they finally left, they were under no misunderstanding about how appreciated they were throughout their careers. Absolutely. Yep. Amen to that. Uh, unfortunately, there's one other person that we have to talk about on this uh, on this episode, uh, and that is Tim Sale. Now, That's right. Tim, talk about a luminary artist and one that you could easily say has been a part of some of the most important 
miniseries for characters, whether it be Marvel, whether it be DC, whether it be elsewhere. Um, Daredevil Yellow is a masterpiece. Uh, you know, Hulk Gray, uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man Blue, Spider-Man Blue, kick in the Love stomach. Beautiful. Um, and and then obviously stuff like you know Batman Long Halloween, Superman for All Seasons. So many, mm. so many excellent, excellent works that I'm so happy that we have because a lot of this stuff's never going out of print because frankly they're the the you know the seminal works for those for those characters and Tim was a part of that whether it be with Jeff Jeff Loeb or whether it be with with others um, he worked on tons of terrific stuff over the years and. It was it was crushing to hear the news that he had passed because I mean talk his, about talk about one that we didn't see coming you know his his style was one that I think when I read first read Long Halloween I think it was the second Batman trade paperback I ever read mm-hmm. first one was Dark Knight Returns the second one was Long Halloween I remember reading it and thinking the style was weird but the story was so good and the characters were so well done and well drawn and f- kind of fun and kooky and cool that by I feel like the sixth issue I was all in on his style. Uh, and then to see him kind of branch out and go mainstream when Heroes was on mm-hmm. 15 years ago. And oh, like, yeah. It was the artist behind the that painter character that had all Captain the Rios. stuff. And to see his like style kind of blown up on the big screen, so to speak, as big as your screen got back in the day. But, you know, to get that sort of attention as an artist, I thought was really well, really cool and well-deserved for him. So, yeah. It's it. it I, I I'm I, like I'm still kind of like thinking about it. Like that, I'm 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 super I'm super duper thrilled that we had him as long as we did. But I'm just like, damn, you know. But that's 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 where we are right now. I mean, you never you never know how much how much more time you may have uh, to appreciate an artist. But super duper glad that we have what we have. Um, feels like darwin cook and that like he was was so sudden yeah and he was such a universally celebrated artist that like it was just like you know this is the time to really let people know what what he meant to the industry but like damn like like, because with perez of course we had known for months um how his health was Mm -hmm. and even though neil adams wasn't a similar case he was an old elder statesman of the comic book industry I mean, Tim Sale was like 60 or his early 60s. And, and like, you know, in mo- the modern age, that's not typically um, elderly. Uh, but yeah, like my, my favorite. I think the first thing that I saw from Tim Sale was, uh, I know it was collected. It was the Legends of the Dark Knight story with the Cavalier. Mm. Um, mm, yeah, yeah. I, I saw that as a little kid. I thought that was very, very, very striking. Um, of course, when you're that young, you don't really connect the name to the artist immediately. But just like the way, you know, he kind of do this sort of like, shadowy violence and stuff um and obviously like, like, like long halloween dark victory my favorite stuff that he did was spider-man blue like i, w- I would genuinely listen to that or, or, or read that story with like miles davis playing in, in on my on my little ipod just because mm-hmm. it had such a such a terrific atmosphere of it i need to i actually need to reread that story all those all, that entire series of of you know color books that that he did for marvel um, really are such great character pieces. I, I know Captain America White had some, you know, production issues and you know delays and what have you. But even that one, like like collected, it 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 says a lot about the character. And frankly, 
everything daredevil yellow to me is is the one that i gravitate to the most after spider-man blue because i feel like that also just really gets to the heart and soul of the character but his depiction of hulk in hulk gray you 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 don't get a better hulk than that you really don't like he he gets the the tortured existence of the hulk down perfect in those pages and I, I I I love it for it. Here's that Cavalier story you were mentioning, uh, Donovan. Yeah, yeah, Blades uh, by James Robertson. Uh, it was, that was collected in like a Legends of the Dark Knight story with some other stories. It has a Brian Ballin cover, but like that it was a three parter. Yep. And you know, at the time, I didn't know that the Cavalier was an older character, but like uh, I just I just found it to be very very um, very striking. Of course, like Haunt at Night, mm-hmm. uh, where he has those Halloween stories and that Mad Hatter story. Like his his versions of the various villains, like Joker and, and Scarecrow and Catwoman, is just. Um, I mean, I don't I don't want to get too much into this, but I really resent that that the animated adaptation of Long Halloween didn't try to to at least um, evoke his style mm. because his style sells that book. I mean, yeah, Joe, Jeff Loeb writes a compelling mystery story, but man, that's 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 a that's Tim Sale's like I don't want to say magnum opus, but that's one of his like masterworks. Oh yeah. No, absolutely, and it's. I, I feel like DC's uh, animators have unfortunately drifted away a little bit from you know trying to mimic the style of the artist. Uh, they kind of have their house style that they go with with uh, with a lot of the animated movies, and I mean that works just fine for it. But yeah, for a for an artist like Tim Sale, I think it would have been so striking had they tried to at least get close to it in animation. Um, but yeah, can't win them all, I guess. <laughs> I think his version of Two Face is the first one where like scarred face is completely scarred. Like there's not even mm-hmm. any hair. I think that's the first time I ever saw someone do that. Yeah. Yep. All right. Any any final thoughts on uh, Tim before we uh, before we move on? Yeah. Uh, um, uh, oh no, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, well, I was gonna say no one mentioned my my first experience with Tim Sale was actually the Wolverine Gambit uh, miniseries from the. Movie. I was thinking about that actually. <laughs> And I mean, the, the thing is, like, I read it, it was a little bit like the tone was weird because this was also probably my first experience with Jeff Loeb as well. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't say I loved it, but I was intrigued by it. And then, like, years later, everybody's like, oh my God, The Long Halloween is the greatest thing I've ever read. And I'm like, why does that look familiar? And I just like <laughs> clicked. And now now I'm just thinking, like, like Donovan, I'm like, yeah, I got to reread some stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I had completely forgotten that existed until two seconds ago. It's so not, thank you. it's not, it's solid. Yeah. Like, it's not a classic of the genre. It's definitely one of those miniseries that exists purely because they were just trying to put out as many miniseries, as many number ones as possible. Mm-hmm. But it is a solid, you know, Wolverine Gambit story. And yeah, that is gorgeous. I mean, come on. Oh, it's amazing. That. Yeah. Oh. What, a, what a rendering of Wolverine. Like, that's, oh, man. I can almost feel the draw claw coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that my favorite claw claw movie in arcade. Wow. <laughs> Do you have bone claws in that? Um, bone claw. They look no, bony. I th- wait. Is that before? Yes. Yeah, oh, that is bone claw. Okay. Yeah. It was go. just because remember, bone claws happened in '94. That was yeah, Fatal okay. Attractions. Got it. Like I just said, the series I think was '95 or '96. Mm-hmm. So yep. yes, this was bone claw era. Nice. Yeah. Whoo boy! All right. Okay. Uh, hey, Marvel Unlimited, you're gonna get that red in the next like week or so because I can do that because it has everything. Almost every I love it. So I was just going to say, like, it's interesting because, like, 
it's a you, it's interesting because Donna mentioned uh, mentioned uh, Darren Cook, and it's like those Darwin and and Tim kind of represent the new age like comic artist superstar. We're ringing Whereas Neil, century, yeah, yeah, yeah. Neil and uh, George are sort of the classics. It's mm-hmm. like those the original art, like you know, Kirby is defined by being God and creating everything with Stan. Yeah, or like. Um, or you know, Romita. Both Romitas are definitive Spider-Man artists, and mm-hmm. you know, Neil's did the Green Arrow, Green Lantern, and this. Whereas you know, Darwin, his it's all miniseries. Most of his work that that people love is miniseries. It's yeah. like The Spirit, uh, New Frontier. Um, I'm blanking on a couple of Darwin's works now, but like, or, or in Tim Sale's case, Parker you know, and stuff. Yeah, Parker, Long Halloween, Long Halloween. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's miniseries. Yeah, Dark Victory. Yep. Superman for all seasons, which is my 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 uh, non long Halloween favorite because Superman, you know, even the Marvel series, like they're all they're all standalones. They're all not meant to continue forward. Whereas, you know, George worked I think three four years on Avengers, for mm-hmm. example. Yeah, it's just an interest. It's an interesting break from like uh, from the the old style of get, making your name in comics. That image of uh, Gambit as, and Shadow is is awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually should say that like um, I spent my first paycheck on a George Paris comic. Oh yeah, um, when nice. I first worked uh, when I was fifteen years old, I spent my first paycheck on a copy of um, the Judas Contract. Oh sweet, mm. nice, good call. Yep. I just want to say real quick, um, like about Tim Sale. Like I, I recently just picked up the black and white version of Dark Victory mm-hmm. uh, a, couple, uh, a couple months back. Yeah, and it is like it. The stark contrast of seeing it in color and in just seeing it in pure black and white it is, especially with, I got the oversized version, it, it is just the amount of style that just oozes out of, out of Tim Sale book is just ridiculous sometimes. It, it is very much of like, like in seeing it in like the oversized, in, especially in the oversized, you just see how much of a love he had for the craft of just drawing characters and, and making art out of them. And it's just, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's uh, it's gonna be something that's gonna stick with me for a long time. If, like, I keep saying, I'm not really a, a big art person. I mean, I I love art, but like, it, it's you know, you can when it's when it's creators like Sale, uh, Perez, um, Neil Adams, it, it's easy to appreciate the art and the mastery that, that they have for it. Also, oh, certainly, yeah. I, I found a piece. It's not from that particular uh, edition you're talking about. Uh, this is actual, just straight up pencils from it uh, on on Heritage Auctions. But like, holy cow! Yes, so cool, man. The, that's inked. Yeah, that's inked. Yeah, that that is Batman's that, fist is huge. Yes, <laughs> as well it should be as he's punching uh, Two Face with uh, while well, yeah, while that's Kirby esque. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Yeah, because like his fist is bigger than Robin's torso almost. Mm-hmm. Yep, but that's all perspective, and that's all, uh, you know, adding to the action of it all, uh, which yeah. is which is something that Tim was a master at. Dynamism, straight up. Yep, definitely. All right. Well, I mean, here's to here's to those. You know, I mean, it, it's it's gonna it's gonna happen. And like I said, the good thing about the medium that we're all fans of here is that the works aren't going anywhere. You know that they're that they're mm-hmm. all out there for us to enjoy for years to come, um, in one way or another, and that's keeping people in the uh, in the in the ether and keeping people in the public eye. Just like you know, you can watch a Bogart movie in 2022 and completely understand why he was the actor that he was while he was around. So, 
Yes, streaming services. Stop taking stuff off your streaming services. <laughs> and, and and I'm sorry to report that the Supreme Court just ruled that we're not allowed to read Marvel and DC comics anymore. Damn it! Ah, uh, mother. <laughs> this is why you vote, people. And this is why I'm going to become a pirate. That's it. Just 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 straight up. Yar yar. Reporting for OT. Oh my god! Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a Voyager and I'm gonna find a, a stranded time shuttle. I'm gonna kidnap the captain. I'm gonna take the shuttle and I'm just, mm-hmm. just gonna wreak havoc on the timeline. Okay. Uh, I, I want to know what Donovan's question he came up with. Was. I was I was just transitioning over to that. Like I need to. And know. it just wouldn't stop, Donald. Thank I mean, you. it was horrifying. <laughs> okay, Raph, hold on. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Now, in the chat before we started recording. Donovan was like, I can't wait to get on because I have a question for Ian that I have to ask. So, Donovan, please, I must know. What do you got? Okay, so uh, a couple of – it wasn't really a question. It was more of a tiny bit of leverage. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a Batman. I don't know if you want to talk about that now or save that for later. Uh, we can talk about it now. That's fine. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. It's about like the Comic Geek Speak review. Yes. Um, oh, here we go. Okay, so first of I'll all, uh, the Batman, I really enjoyed it. Yes. Uh, so I have like no problems, no notes. It's not mm-hmm. anything that like, this doesn't really involve like my personal feelings of the movie exactly. Yeah. But the, the Comic Geeks for Speak review, which I listened to for the most part, mm-hmm. was majorly characterized as the Batman is awesome because the Nolan trilogy sucks. That's not, that's, not what, that's not what we were trying to do. Nah. It seemed like it spent a lot of time nah. kind of comparing and contrasting and, and building up the review. Yeah. Because it got into things like, and, and, you know, this is, this is where the, the, the conversation comes from. Mm-hmm. It, it went from like, you know, okay, well, this is what, they're, this is what Reeves is doing. Yeah. This is what uh, he's doing in contrast to previous uh, directors to stuff like, you know, there's not much, much Alfred in this list, in this movie, which is so yeah. good because the Nolan trilogy didn't had so much Alfred or, Oh, the car is not a military vehicle because it's so good because the last movie had, had all the military vehicles. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, like, it it was endemic of a style of review that I felt that, like, we generally have kind of moved beyond. Okay. Um, and I'm just saying, you know, I first listened to Comic Timing with your um, – with the, the episodes you guys did leading up to The Dark Knight yeah. in which you looked at all the other previous Batman films mm-hmm. and we're kind of doing the same thing. Like from that? the Burton movies to the Schumacher movies to to yeah. up to Batman Begins, yeah. and I think we all know now that like yeah, some movies are better than others, but these characters are going to exist farther than you know will stay alive. Oh sure, and the style is much more of a dynamic thing than like mm-hmm. kind of like you know, I guess like the accuracy barometer. Yeah, um, I, I I just thought it got it got a little bit. Uh, fraught in terms of like it, it it did feel to me in listening to it as sort of like a uh, qualifying its its quality by comparing and contrasting to the previous trilogy and I was like uh, you can again I really like the movie I can talk about the movie without comparing it to like the Snyder stuff so I, I didn't I, I thought that it kind of went to an area which I was like I gotta talk to him about this but, so, that's, but that's that's how I uh, listen to the episode if if I'm like off base that's that's listen. that's fine and and I'm I'm happy to, I'm happy to respond in the way that I was trying at least attempting to do it and we I, thought he was gonna have this off the wall talk I know I I, 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 swore, I swore we were gonna go straight megacon with this but instead we'll get we'll get there uh, no no, no Batman <laughs> movie consider stuff good unless they have a villain a tenth as good as Tom Hardy's Bane. <laughs> 
Yo, punish God damn it. Yo, punish me. Where is the leave meeting button? Where is the leave meeting button after this? You think I'm joking? You think I'm I am joking a little bit. Tom Hardy's name was good. Tommy's thing. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not gonna slander, and I'm not, and I'm not. I just think the voice is fun to make fun of, but I, I legit love the character. Whatever are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm not intending to trust myself as like you know, it's never going to be as good as those films. Because obviously, you know, there's rooms for improvement. I just thought that like it went from like you know, the awesome qualities of this movie are good because they're not what the previous trilogy did. Yeah, which I don't, which I don't think is right. What what I what I think what I think we were trying to at least get across is that there are very different ways that you can do Batman. Um, and if we, if we happened, you know, as a group to get too far into the weeds of, you know, oh, well, I mean, you know, this is better than that or whatever. That's not really what we were intending. I think what we were really trying to get across is that, and I mean, this is one of the things that I appreciate the most about the Batman movies is that each one really does give a different facet of Batman in such a unique and distinctive way. And I think that this new iteration that Reeves put out there is just easily the most detective that he's been and you know Nolan's trilogy I'm not like I mean I said this on the review and I mean I'll, I'll just say it again here I'm not like a hundred percent on the Nolan trilogy and I never really have been I think they're great movies but I they're not like the be-all end-all for me um what I what I think and maybe I didn't get this across at the time, but I'll say it again I'll, here now. What I need to get across is that each one of them is good for their own reasons. And I think that a, the Christopher Nolan Batman is very much a Christopher Nolan Batman, as in it's a Christopher Nolan movie. It's it's in it's all about the headspace. It's all about the trippy dippy whippy, uh, and and it's all about <laughs> uh, you know almost more about the villains than it is about Batman at times. But then again, that's a problem with a lot of the Batman movies. To begin it's with. a lot so of Batman movies. Yeah. So well, that's, I, if I could step in on that though, yeah, sure. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, I think one of the things that does stand out about this newest take on the Batman mm-hmm. is that I feel like the movie was actually about his character growth. Yes. Because it's all about him being like, oh, I have vengeance. It's like, oh, it was a terrible idea because now I've totally like radicalized a bunch of incels. Maybe I need to do something different. And I think that's what made this movie stand out a little bit more. I'll admit, I, I actually teared up a little bit in the theater with the when he had the lit torch. I know some people found that scene cheesy as fuck. I loved I, it. Yeah. I, loved it. I, was, I was sobbing. I was just like, this is, this is, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. What's funny about saying, like, if we compare it to previous movies is that every time we're all like, this is the most accurate Batman movie yes. ever. Yes, yes. Like, 1989, yeah. and then 2005, yep. and now 2022, <laughs> yep. we're just like... It happens without fail. Oh, absolutely. Like, 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 assholes thought BVS was the most accurate Batman movie. <laughs> oh, the Batman, no. like, Sam Swill. Well, no, if you look like, you know, if you go from the uh, 60s show, which was very popular, and then yeah. to Batman and Mm-hmm. Kevin Smith will say, you know, like eighty nine was that was the true Batman, and then you go to like the Schumacher stuff. It's like, well, it's not as no. dark as the original stuff, but this takes, you know, this captures the psychology of Batman and Batman Forever. Yeah, and then the Nolan stuff. Everyone was saying, you know, this captures like you know white boy stands for it, all this kind of stuff. And then with BVS, it's like the costumes accurate, and <laughs> and he, he quote Dark Knight Returns, and then here it's like he's finally detective. Like 
I feel that there's like a real lack of hindsight. <laughs> I, I really this hold repeats on, all hold the on. time. So, Dono, I want that on the back of the Blu-ray for BVS. By the way, the costume's <laughs> accurate. Accurate. <laughs> The purest the adaptation the oh, is Batman and Robin because it perfectly emulates the 1966 Batman. Just I want to say makes perfectly. All, I, I mean, it just takes the camp and yeah. just makes it even, just pushes it to like 57, on a, you know, and also like all the like homoerotic undertones are just not <laughs> undertones anymore. That's all it did. <laughs> what we've it's all got to realize is two things. Yeah. That the Batman franchise mm-hmm. is now like the Bond franchise. Oh, yeah. There are different oh, eras, yeah. and they're all going to have their own tones and their own qualities. Mm-hmm. And one is going to differ v- varying or vaguely or wildly from the last. But at the same time, you can't do Casino Royale, Daniel Craig Bond without all the stuff that came before. Absolutely. It. There so was when- a next yeah. change because of the sameness or the rehashness that they were like completely fresh take he's you know not as a super spy there's no uh parachuting on tidal waves whatever it's all realism and then that the batman begins stuff with nolan was the beginning of that thing and we swung back the other way with uh snyder and where he lives and now we've swung back the opposite direction to the we thought we were getting a realistic Batman with Nolan, but now we're getting the ultra realistic Batman yeah. with uh, what Matt Reeves is doing. And mm-hmm. while I would like to see it swing back a little bit the other way, but less of a I'm going to kill everybody take than Snyder did. Yeah. Um, I do appreciate this Batman movie, The Batman. I really did like it just a tad too long, but really did think it had a lot of strong qualities. But you got to judge it on its own merits. And that's something that we got to realize. And at the same time, Chris Nolan's shit was the best thing we ever saw. I mean, Batman be- Dark Knight came out the year Iron Man did. Yeah. The MCU what wasn't even born. What a year. Was really born. Yeah. Good year. Uh, when, when Dark Knight came out. Oh, yeah. So by the time Nolan's trilogy wrapped up in 2012, mm-hmm. you know, the Avengers had come out and the, that steam ball, you know, that snowball was starting to get going to where like now, yeah, it looks quaint and very kind of 2000s or 90s-ish in terms of what we're getting now with comic book superheroes and movie-accurate costumes and colors. I mean, if they fucking recast Wolverine and put him in yellow spandex, that'll be the day, and we can just quit all there. Yep, yeah, and there's like, finally, finally we'll get an accurate Wolverine at at long last, and, like, I I just don't like the implication that, like, we've been suffering for for 20 years. Five foot three or bust. Five foot three or bust. I also swear to God we didn't say that, because, like, I don't don't think... I don't think we've been suffering for twenty years. I think you may not have done it, but it it, it, yeah. it, it, did, it did feel like a like 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 it it, it, it kind of came across that way. And I, yeah, if I don't want to like if if you say that that's not what you meant, then that's not what you meant. I don't oh, want to yeah. no. put words in your mouth exactly. No, no, no. But I I, just, I just got the, I got the sentiment that there was this sense of like finally somebody understands it. And you said that ten years ago when you guys were talking about Dark Knight and Batman Begins, which I wouldn't disagree with. But to me, it's just like. We got to recognize how often this happens with every new version and that's I, yes, good. Yes. It's I, like, oh, finally it's good. It's like, no, they're all good. They're all good. What, what I, well, what I, what I gonna get, you're going to get something different every time with yes. a DC movie because they keep rehashing the same <laughs> story or with a new version of the character. Now we get Whereas a musical the Marvel Joker. universe. The Marvel universe oh. has decided to just continue all the way across. Yeah. So I feel like unless Kevin Feige leaves or 
you know, retires in 25 years, who knows, that's when you'll get the, a new version of Iron Man. But until he does, yeah. you're not going to get that same quality of Marvel. So it's like uh, you're going to get something new to compare to with these DC films yeah. as opposed to Marvel, where it's just like, so well, you can't compare Captain America, Sam Wilson to Captain America, such and such, because it's not the same character. So, so you're, you're going to this DC is going to be a DC problem. The same way it is if, like, they make a, a fourth Hellboy movie or whatever. Like, it's not going to live with Marvel. So you're always going to yeah. get this with this type of movie because they're they're renewing it constantly. Mm-hmm. So the Marvel's MCU is going to end with a crisis Shut on up. multiple Earths. No, <laughs> and no. then it'll just start all over. It's going to be a secret. Robert Robert Downey the Fourth playing uh, Iron Man. It's going to be a secret war, Raph, and you know it. But uh, that's coming too soon. No, but, Raph, it's not Robert Downey the Fourth. It is just Robert Downey because he's actually an Eternal. Remember? Yes. Oh, that's right. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're I mean, right. My mom really likes that. Kingo Senior. I don't know what's up with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh yeah. I, I, I the other the other thing that I wanted that I wanted to mention about about I think one of the things that struck me about this and I, this is something that I mentioned in the review and I think that this is also something that I hopefully you guys will be able to touch on as well. Um, one of the things that really struck me about this version of Batman that made it stand out from the others is that I related to it from the Batman comics that I had been reading when I started reading Batman. And even to today, this was the most modern take. I feel like on, on of Batman. I, I agree with that. I actually really I hate to say related to this Bruce in a way. I didn't relate to other Bruce's. Uh, with your permission, I'd love to read my favorite review of this movie. You know which Please. one I'm talking yes, about. Yes, I know exactly. You know which one you're talking about. Talking about. Yeah, yeah. this this is from Letterboxd. It's user Nick Wil- Wibbert. Yeah, it's and he said he gave it four stars and he wrote. I just love how fucking disgusting Bruce looks in this. Nasty ass, ass, stringy ass, translucently pale goth boy in his dank, disgusting bat cave, hunched over his computer with bloodshot eyes and black eye paint, scrolling footage of the previous night and journaling his fucked up thoughts. This is a totally live journal Batman. That's what this is. is. When he finally emerges from the cave to talk to Alfred and gets disturbed by the natural sunlight and has to put on sunglasses, I wanted to get up and cheer. Yeah, that's right. Put on those sunglasses, you little freak. (laughs) He's definitely a virgin based on how he composes himself around Catwoman. And that's the thing. It takes an insult to to bring insults up. Yeah. It ends with fucking fantastic movie. And that's how I feel about this movie. Watch it and I think of this review and I just like, I'm like, yeah, you put on those sunglasses. (laughs) Oh, your hair needs to be washed, Bruce. We went from Giga Chad Batman with Batfleck to incel Batman with... (laughs) I wouldn't say incel. He's like a false cell. (laughs) No, that's the thing. But but the thing with that is... Incels can't tell the difference, and that's the whole point of the movie, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, like to take it You're to right. take it, yes. take the sexuality yeah. of it. Like, R- R- Riddler, the whole Riddler is, is an incel, not Batman. Is yeah. Batman is the whole idea is Batman no, no, is a no, symbol no, no. of hope. It's like a reactionary. He's a reactionary symbol of hope, but we don't want a reactionary symbol of hope. We yeah. want someone who actually do something and fix the system and make mm-hmm. it right, rather than tear it all down and destroy it. Yeah. Although in real life, I don't know how I feel about I mean, like, like, real, like the like, it's that it's that fine balance of like, the system is broken. Mm-hmm. You're a part of the system. In fact, your your parents simultaneously tried to fix the system and break the system at the same time. Mm-hmm. 
right? And you've got to make a choice. You you didn't know that. You're trying to. You're just angry at the system that's broken. Yeah. And then you find out. Oh shit! My parents were part of it. Oh shit! They created the problem that they're they they and I have created the solution for it. Oh shit! It's a terrible fucking solution. Oh shit! I gotta change my behavior because yeah. I'm causing this solution. Yeah. And it's like, there well, all, yeah. There are a lot of people who like who like opine that like you know there's hardly any Bruce Wayne. In this is like that's actually the point of the movie. Yeah. Like the reason why he's he has no identity. Stuff. He's not ready. To well, the reason Bruce why he Wayne like yet. is prickish to Alfred. That's not a style. That's that's part of the plot. Yeah. Because like a, after the end of this, he understands not only like does he have to be close with Alfred, but like a Bruce Wayne separate identity would would benefit his war on crime. Yeah. And he doesn't realize that yet. And this movie points that yeah. out mm-hmm. in various in various avenues, which is which is being the violent monster doesn't work. Yeah. It, 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 like he tried. He tried. He, he, he even says in the beginning, it's not working. And then he sees, yeah. oh, shit, it's really not working. I have yeah. to. And then that's the, I think that's the whole point of the movie is he has to embrace Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. He has to actually try to work the system and he has to be vigilant as Bruce and as Batman. Yeah. Because as Bruce, he can use the money his father you know tried to do try to wait make sure that no one touches it and as batman when people touch it he can beat the ever living living shit out of them mm-hmm. and actually benefit the people around him by making sure none of that money goes to corrupt people yep. by breaking their bones and putting them in jail only to let them come out let, let them be released later in a sequel I'm, but that's I'm, that's the sequel problem i'm I'm, okay? also, I'm also super duper glad that we keep getting good versions of commissioner gordon now you know oh, yes. that 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 each each version has given us a different facet. Just like we get a different facet of Batman each time, each version has given us a different facet of Commissioner Gordon and the relationship between Batman and Gordon. Like I I, fe- I feel like uh, this one, you could read the friendship in the room. Uh, they're contemporaries uh, in in some ways, uh, and I, and I really appreciate the uh, the acting tour de force that Je- that you know Jeffrey Wright always is but his his commissioner gordon was terrific in this just like just like Nolan's commissioner gordon is is terrific as well i mean sorry he's not commissioner yet in this in this batman he's just you know gordon but you know what i mean they had the best relationship like they were they were homies the entire time it was amazing yes, yes. this this batman movie actually felt like it was written and directed by a guy who's been reading the same batman comics we've all been reading Boom. Since 1992. Hell yeah. Yep. Uh, Absolutely. You got echoes mm-hmm. of No Man's Land in yep. here with Batman staying out in the daylight at the mm-hmm. end, helping people up. Like Long Halloween. The relationship with Long, Gordon Long is Halloween straight out of. The, place. the Gordon thing is straight out of No Man's Land. And I want to call up Bruce, uh, Murderer zero? Fugitive. You're, you know, mm-hmm. Zero Year. Yeah, more. But this is more like the 90s. Like, I'm sure yes. Matt Reeves is probably like in his 40s, so maybe, you know, Tens in his teens or twenties, the same way we're kind of getting that old too. But like, stop reminding me. Like this stop is reminding me. this is felt like somebody who actually read a whole bunch of Batman comics, understood the character, yeah. as opposed to. And I love Chris Nolan, but Chris Nolan's movies feel very like, hey, here's a stack of books that we really really like from the studio. Mm-hmm. Go read these and then form your Batman film off this because it's yeah. all of these like, you know, Dark Knight Returns, Long Halloween, uh, the the yeah, one where it's Ducard a is in. Everyone's read those. It's, yeah. it's not yeah. special. It's stuff yeah. everyone's read. Where this definitely had things from more modern takes and mm-hmm. even just strange stuff that it was like, oh, yeah, well, definitely. This is definitely a, a Batman fans film. It's a yeah. tone thing instead of a plot thing because I think that's yeah. the thing with Nolan. It's all plot, yeah. and the tone is Nolan's own tone, which is yes. 
kind of disturbing at times because Batman is also really hyper reactionary because it's <laughs> it's you know post nine eleven George W. Bush era you know Batman and it's just like okay yeah I can't I gotta find a Joker let me create a surveillance state that that observes everyone but only I can be trusted with it and because I'm Batman I'm good well you know we have that in real life it, it, I mean that's not know. that's not unlike the comics though I'm not, <laughs> oh no yeah come it's on not. yeah come on man. <laughs> like Batman I mean but that's the thing I mean like. I think I think what the Batman does better than anything else has so far in the movies is Batman. I mean, like people joke about it. Batman's problematic. Batman's an issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the but the last time I saw anyone deal with this really well, and I think this is why people still love it, is the animated series. Hell you yeah. see Bruce Wayne. Deal, he has the he is active in the Wayne Foundation. Mm-hmm. He does things. He creates programs. Sometimes he doesn't beat the crap out of the criminal. He sends them to. Like to to rehab or sends him to work or sends him to like something that helps change his life around. You 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 don't you don't get that in the in the because because the Schumacher stuff's way too camp and cartoony. The Nolan stuff is is a lot darker and a lot a lot more like serious and a lot more surveillance state. And then with this one, we don't get that in the Batman, but we're starting to get glimpses of it, mm-hmm. right? Like well, I, th- I don't I don't I don't think personally um, that the um, Nolan movies wrenched their visual vision a bazillion miles away Batman character, but it was very much a Batman movie of its time. Oh, definitely. What this one yeah. does, and where I knew that we were in good hands is that because Matt Reeves was, was bigging up Batman Ego, which is my favorite one shot. Yes. And the fact that like the film ends the way that comic ends with him saying, it's not about vengeance, it's about justice, it's about hope. Mm-hmm. That's Bruce Wayne's character. That's 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 the yes. moment from that's the moment from um, uh, Bruce Wayne fugitive, where he realizes I'm not Bruce Wayne's not the mask. I am Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. and and Batman's what I do. That's that's the more human element. That if you read the comics over years, you understand that far more than the edge lord psychotic stuff <laughs> that a lot of people who don't know the character sure. dig into because they're coming at it from an external outside place. And I, I will agree with you. <laughs> I, it see, it feels Sorry. as though that like Reeves and to a, a lesser extent Pattinson come at this as fans of the character yes. rather than applying their sensibilities to the character. I think that that's accurate. You want to know how I knew we were in good hands, Donovan? Mm-hmm. Batman could turn his fucking neck. Okay? He's been able to do that since the about, Dark Knight. That's, I, that's not fresh. Yeah. But can, we talk about, but can we talk about how like such a figure is cut in that costume, though? Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it is... There is... That opening scene, uh, when he just emerges from the shadow, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it, it's just the long footsteps, right? And you just see him, and he, he doesn't look larger than life in, the, in that scene, but he just looks still imposing. Well, that, that, that shows that they understand the tone of the character, um, the pathos of the character, uh, just within, what, the first 10 minutes of that movie, right? The monologue, I think, is the best part of the film. It's so yeah, good. It's so, it is amazing. That open monologue is just like, okay, yeah, you you get it. You, uh, we're we're good here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This took a new level to like the, and I, I thought I was going to be a little annoyed with this thing of like we're going to make this super practical, and I was like, dude, did we already do that with Nolan? But he still had his like, mis- not mystical, eh, somewhat mystical stuff, but in terms of technology, like really wild sci-fi, like there's a cave jumping suit that deflects bullets. Like, <laughs> Who the fuck is developing that? Um, but this one felt real, and I did love the little the thing about his um, the wrists. I don't know. 
you know, in the, in the Nolan movies, there are like these blades that fire out at people and all this other stuff. And in this movie, there were an afterthought. They weren't even designed. They're just there. And you're like, what, is, what are they? And you see them moving and they wobble around. And you're like, why is this thing like, why is it made of rubber? Why is it moving? And then you, you watch this film like a third time. And then I'm looking at it. And I'm going, wait a minute. Those are the fucking straps for his arm gauntlets that yeah, have yeah. all the grappling hooks. Mm-hmm. And that's just him pulling the strap as tight as it can yep. along his arm. Yep. And it just ends up being the length, ends up being length, wink, wink, that it should be in order to create that silhouette. And that's why they're floppy. I was like, that's a neat little detail that that makes him cut this figure that in the dark against this fire silhouette that you're like, what the hell that? I don't even know. And it's like, you know, that might evolve into something in future films. I don't know. We'll see. Um, But I just love that even that was just like, like, you know, yeah, we're Batman, but um, I'm not going to think about putting arm blades on my arm to fucking kill people or cut swords with like, that's Mm -hmm. not the world that this guy comes from. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the only things that I would have liked, and again, I really appreciate the movie. Um, I really enjoy it. It's not my favorite, but it's up there. But I, I wish he were, you know, a bit more of a master fighter. I wish we saw more batarangs. I, I like the 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 signature stuff. I do. Mm-hmm. I wish in the, I hope in the best the next movie he has a much more traditional costume. But I understand this is kind of like when I would kind of come into this with I understand that every single time we do this it's going to be different. It's not going to be um a chance to do it right yes. or it's going to be much more of like what the director can visualize from Definitely. it. Definitely. And I'm at the age now where, where I, I accept that. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I, got, I mean, I don't, I really don't love the costume because I'm not a fan of the whole like puzzle piece. You know, it doesn't cut the figure. But like, you know, at the same time, I, I didn't like the whole, I can't move in this leather suit anyway. Um, so like, I am always looking for the stuff that like evokes comics more. And where this one did excel was the, the character stuff, was the psychologist, was the stuff that like were, there is a lot of this is a very political film and some people caught on that more than others like the guy whining that like there are no good white people in the movie um which was funny but like uh i think that like that makes it a healthier batman iteration to enjoy mm-hmm. compared to the ones we have gotten because you know even the Night rises my co-host harry who really likes the dark Knight rises said it is a fascist parable oh yeah so um you, you, you have you have to uh uh not only have some caveats, but also kind of recognize thematically what they're going for. This one is a much more readily acceptable one to kind of um, to kind of keep to kind of keep as one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. Okay, this Here's is my, my number two Batman film: Dark Knight yeah, I, and the Batman. It's up there for two. me. It's definitely up there. It, it may so, very well be my number one. Honestly, I, I I'll need to watch it all the way through again one more time. But I DK is hard to beat, man. It is very hard to beat. But I I'm still a firm proponent after seeing The Dark Knight multiple times, that I still feel like that last 15 to 20 minutes of the movie doesn't even really need to be there. And, I knew you were going to say that because yeah. I fully agree. I mean, mind yeah. you, we saw it together. We yeah. were both yeah. like, why is this movie still going? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's been a great movie, but then it just keeps going. I felt that way with this movie too, like those last 20 minutes of these three hours. Like, you know, all right. I, I feel like movies need to, a, if you're going to take... I, if you're going to end your villain story 20 minutes before the movie ends, then you don't need that last 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Find a way to end the story there. Like that, I mean, as beautiful as it was, as neat as it was, as important as it was mm-hmm. to become a symbol of hope and all that, yeah. just, I don't know, squish it a little more. 
So it's very much the there. Does it not need to be three problem. hours? I mean, let's let's not let's not, mm, let's not kid it's it's kind of There's long. no reason it's three hours. hours. It, it is a, it is a much better three hours than a certain movie that uh, certain people on Twitter got at, got after us about a year after we released the uh, the review of. Mm-hmm. So. I, I, this is, uh, I, I oh, think this, this, this deserves the, th- the, well, it deserves it more. I can agree that there are parts that could easily be cut though. That, that I'll straight up say, but it, it certainly does a good job of, of at least letting people know why it's three hours rather than being I, like, yeah, I don't feel it. I think you could have cut the whole El Rata a lot of yes. bullshit. That yes. like drove me nuts, especially as a Spanish speaker. I'm like, Bruce, how are you this fucking stupid? <laughs> the part where, 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 where like Riddler's like, you know, like, did, did you figure out my riddle? And Batman's like, uh, a stool pigeon. Or is it the penguin? And Riddler's like, Okay, I'm gonna even give you more clues. <laughs> like, let's, let's, oh, let's start over. You're not as smart as I thought you were. Like, like, you're, like you're you're a great detective, but you're also not. You're really not. I love like that because he he solved every riddle at yeah. the scene of the crime. But when like he's actually actively trying to solve the overall riddle, mm-hmm. he's way off base. Exactly. Yeah. He thought he thought that Riddler knew who he was, and he did it. That yeah. was great. You could, you could tell like there was definitely something here. Like I know they talked uh, in some EPKs and stuff about how like Michael Giacchino wrote that Batman's. Uh, sound that score, the theme, so good. Sith theme, so good. Before, you mean the goddamn theme? Uh, I don't know. He, he wrote it. Come on, it was so obvious. Take that, you add the Kurt Cobain angle plus the song, and I feel like that kind of molds this feeling of the that twang. Uh, of the, at the that they open the film with, and yeah. it's like this is the mood of the film. Therefore, we have to go super slow, <laughs> and like shots. I, it, it's artistic though because mm-hmm. shots run long. They right. slow pans on everything. Like there's no yeah. whip pans or anything in here. It's not a Michael Bay film. It's distinctly like pulling from that initial mood, that initial feeling from the monologue mm-hmm. that Donovan loves so much. And I'm a fan of it too. I'm not being disrespectful or anything. I'm just pointing it out that you said you loved it. Um, <laughs> but I, I really do feel like that pro- that feeling adds to the movie's length deliberately, not because it all needs to be there, but because they're like, I want this to feel like a, the longest night of your life. Yes. Which is kind of what this movie kind was. Of is, yeah. yeah. Okay. So here's my vision for the trilogy, Uh-oh, right? Here we go. You start off with this angry young man who wants to tear down the system because mm. it, it it's it's screwed up. It murdered his parents. It's destroying the city. Yeah. The Batman, right? The next movie, he realizes he needs his humanity. He needs to not be just be Batman. He needs to be Bruce Wayne. He tries to do the right thing as Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Something happens with whatever villain you want to do, it blows up in his face. Batman, oh, Knight of Gotham. The third movie, he puts it all together. Yeah. He, he he utilizes the combination of his resources as Bruce Wayne yeah. and and his uses as the as the Batman. The city the, he does what very few of his, the, his predecessors have done and actually improve the city for the better. I am Batman. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Okay. All right. Oh, oh um uh uh uh, Alan Burnett and Bruce Tim and Paul Dini royalties if you do that. <laughs> Please do. They need to be paid. They yeah. deserve it. They yeah. deserve it. Please it's do. True. It's true. It's true. One of the, come on. It's arguably still one of the greatest non-comic Batman representations ever. Oh, yeah. Even now, 30 years later. I wouldn't argue. See, my favorite Batman movie, period, is Master Phantasm. I mean, they can't touch him. I mean, come on. That's the correct answer. 
<laughs> yes. Let's 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 roll over to Marvel. Uh, they had movies come out too. <laughs> Did they? And shows. Uh-huh. We got uh, like we got a couple of shows too. Drowning in such substandard Marvel content now that it's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, man, you are cold as ice wow. on your on your YouTube channel. Wow, dude. Every every time I I, I think except for like Miss Marvel and Falcon Winter Soldier, every time it's just like this sucks. Hey. I did not say it sucks. I'm just like this isn't this doesn't need to be here. What you th- I watched Spider Man off uh, No Way Home and it was dog shit. No. I like Spider Man. I, I don't want to hear that. Spider-Man. I don't want to hear that. No, I'm kidding. I liked I, no. I liked Wandavision. In my defense, I really liked Wandavision. I really liked Falcon and Winter Soldier. I did too. Okay, okay. Did not like Loki. The middle mm-hmm. episode. Okay, 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 okay. Um, I didn't like the finale. I, mean, I didn't like the finale. You don't, you don't get art. It's fine though. Moon Knight. <laughs> Moon Knight I, was so-so. I, I Moon Knight was so-so. Yeah. Moon Knight was okay, okay. pretty fucking bad. Which one? Hawkeye. Oh, oh Hawkeye? disagree. Whoa, Hard disagree. Seriously, bro? No. Hawkeye was bad. Hard disagree. Seriously, bro? Marvel started out. You hear this, bro? Miss Marvel started out phenomenal. And then those directors left and did not come back. And it's it's kind of going back into the Marvel rut. No, I like the fourth episode. I haven't seen but, it, um, so I can't say anything. I didn't love the third uh, episode either. I'm worried about it. I'm worried about it. Okay, I... I'm, not, I'm not seen the fourth one yet, but I I love the first two. I I kind of was like eh, on the third one. I've not seen the fourth one yet. The third episode it's, was. It's just like the... they spent all their money on their directors on the first episode, who gave it so much style, and then the directors after that. Uh, and I don't know if they're they feel like different directors because there's no style in the second, third, or, or the fourth like there was in the first. Disagree on the on the fourth. I think the fourth actually had plenty of style. By style, are you talking about like the graphical stuff? Like, like they no, I'm, I'm talking about like camera movements. So you watch this first episode of Miss Marvel and there's camera movements out the wazoo that you've never seen in a Marvel show, much less a movie other than Doctor Strange 2. Uh, and it was really impressive and really uh, just got your attention, you know, grabbed you by the shirt and was like, pay attention to this Muslim girl, white man. And it was like, all right, I'm, I'm paying attention. I'm, I'm here. She's awesome. <laughs> I really like her. Uh, and then they dropped that style from the other episodes. And fourth kind of is getting back there. I wonder if they're, because they're doing more action stuff, maybe it just falls into the generic action stuff that they had. But they really had something special with that first episode that I haven't seen come back yet. So I want more of that. Well, I, 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 I'd say the third episode was the weakest of the bunch, but at the same time, I'm, I'm digging what I'm getting. I think, I think that, yeah. uh, yeah. Of, of, I think of, this week's, I know you haven't seen this week's, but I mean, uh, it's not a huge spoiler to say that, yeah, this week is remember at the end of last week's, they said they were going back to Pakistan. Yeah. So this is the Pakistan episode. And I think the rest of the series will be set in Pakistan and they changed mm-hmm. the closing credits to go with that, which yes. I thought was a very nice touch. Yeah. Again, Interesting. I'm tr- I'm trying to keep this like spoiler light or whatever, but yeah, like like while it was in you know it was in New Jer- uh, Jersey City, it was Jersey City. Now it's going to be Karachi. Uh, for me, I think the biggest thing I'm getting out of the show. Well, one, yeah, last week was beautiful with the wedding and everything, and and one of the things I'm getting is like I think imagine people like my mom watching this and getting to see like Pakistani culture and Muslim culture. Like the wedding, you know, I was I was telling her, I said, man, you know, I love Muslim weddings. They're just so simple. It's like, do you want to marry this person? And then, mm. and then, you know, when you want to divorce, you just say, oh, you know, I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you. Congratulations, you're done. It's it's nice and simple. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, like that's the one thing I like is like that it's exposing people to culture. But I also, you know, I am big on the representation thing because of my friend Mo, who is Pakistani. And he was all like, yeah, I can't watch it until my mom gets home because I want my mom to watch it. And he was telling me that when the, the Illuminantes, you know, are speaking in yeah. Urdu, he's like, oh, they were like using like bad words and stuff. And I'm just like, hey, 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 yes. <laughs> Well, the the thing, too, is that, I, I mean, not to give away what happens in this episode, but we've now actually gotten to some Ms. Marvel comics that I haven't read. Um, we're uh, with, with an introduction of a character in episode four, uh, which means I just have to go back and read the Ms. Marvel stuff that I didn't, because this is still G. Will Wilson's run that they're pulling from, just from later on in the, in the era that I actually ever got to. Uh, okay, so since we are okay with talking up to episode three at this point, mm-hmm. last week's deep cut, Ian. Yeah. Oh my freaking god. Okay, the fact the fact that that we are going freaking Alan Davis on this shit with 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 oh. her with the origins of I the clandestine the clandestine like yeah. a, 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 I'm like oh yeah okay all right, all right yeah like who who I I did not think that I would ever see them pull that deep and I'm yet confused. they have Clan, Clan, uh, elaborate please clandestine is uh is a uh a a series that uh, that Alan Davis worked on for many years over at Marvel a bunch of different limited limited series that he did and that's the group of characters that they are associating with the Marvel Cinematic Universe version, rather than going into into in humans like in the like in the comics. They're tying her lineage to clandestine. So that's that. If you want to look further into it, it's on Marvel Unlimited. I it's going to look very different because obviously it's a freaking superhero, uh, you know, story <laughs> rather than like uh, you know. Pakistani mythology and shit like that, but I uh, I remember this. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is this is this is where they're pulling from for the uh, for the lineage of, of Ms. So, here, so that raises a couple of questions. So yes, um, I wonder what they're doing with the Inhumans since um, since Captain Blackbolt is off exploring strange new worlds mostly. Yeah, Captain Blackbolt. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I mean, this is what they're doing. Zilch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because like you, yeah, no. So she's not an inhuman, obviously, mm-hmm. and you're also not getting. But he's on. He's a member of the Illuminati of Earth eight six eight or whatever. Right. Which, which, yeah, one time, which yes. will, well, he was. Yeah, which he will, was. Yes. Which which will get about to Ms. Marvel. You know. He, yeah. Sh- you shut your mouth, Raph. We will get there. Shut your mouth like about Marvel, Black So I can't talk. I can't talk about it. Yeah. I gotta say though, um, there's a lot of kids or uh, the actors on this show mm-hmm. are superstars. Yeah. Amon Vellani. Oh, yeah. The guy pl- oh, yeah, absolutely, yes. The, the, her best friend, Bruno. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. we, don't talk about, we don't talk about Bruno, though. No. He's fantastic. Ah. Uh, the mom is fantastic. Yeah. The dad is amazing. Yes. The dad's brother's the awesome. <laughs> brother and the, uh, the new sister-in-law from mm-hmm. the wedding episode. Yep. She's, you know, they all have superstar actors on this they casting. Do. They really that, do. They really did exceed the regular Marvel show in that because Hawkeye did not have that quality. Um, Amon Vellani is a superstar, and she's got the charm that's natural, whereas I felt like the girl uh, – what's her name? The girl playing Kate, at least on Hawkeye, Haley was Steinfeld. trying too hard. I like Kaylee Steinfeld in Bumblebee, and I like, I've liked her in other stuff and Pitch Perfect and all that stuff. 
But when she was playing Kate Bishop Hawkeye, I was like, you're trying too hard. Like, this isn't coming natural to you. Mm. It just, it felt fake. But felt Kate like Bishop acting. also is a character that tries too hard, so. Exactly. Well, this it's is the era of the, of the fan. Of, this is the Marvel Phase 4, the fans. Like, like a lot of characters are fans of the Avengers in-universe, yeah. which is weird, honestly. <laughs> but also natural. Like, it actually makes sense. Yeah, we're starting to get some sort of, like, legacy charactering, which is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially. Yeah, I mean they're going they're going Ironheart. Like uh, Ironheart's going to be introduced uh, pretty soon uh, into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She Hulk. She Hulk. She Hulk. Yeah. I mean, I wonder how Ironheart's going to go. I didn't watch Naomi, but based on off Jamal's reaction to the Naomi show, Mm. that was the other newest character that's gotten a show like out of the blue. I'm like, Ironheart had twelve ish. I mean, not twelve, but. She was the focus of something like very, very short, and then they quickly shunted her off into her own book, which then failed. And I did like her stuff when she was appearing in Champions, but like Miss Marvel has a lineage uh, and a real fan base, whereas like Ironheart doesn't. So I'm kind of curious well, to see how this Ironheart show goes. Miss Marvel I think that's, a, that's a fair team. curiosity because like uh, as as you say, like you know, it's not like Ironheart has the popularity of a of a Kamala or Miles right. precisely, which doesn't mean that she doesn't deserve her show. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think it's curious to at least ponder how can you, how can you envision this working? Let's go well, it's on. like Naomi yeah. six issues out of a comic book, and they're like, "We're going to craft thirteen se- uh, episodes out of this show," and so uh, season two, and I'm like, "You don't even know what the fuck the story is." How, well, how do they do not that? because Brian Michael Bendis likes vanity projects, and they obliged him mm-hmm. because. The companies have done that because he has been successful. Yeah. Even if, you know, he isn't what he was, even, you know, in the Ultimate Spider-Man date. Let's, okay, let's be real. He wrote Ironheart and he wrote Naomi for the same exact reason. Because he adopted, or is his daughter adopted? Or he has, he, his daughter's, his daughter's black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's doing, he's running a character for her. Which is fine, which is great. But which is I, one of the worst things that you, <laughs> But also, yeah, because he, he he doesn't. Yeah, I don't think he gets that perspective. Mm-hmm. You can't. You don't understand. You're 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 there, you're you're a parent, but you don't. You're not from the same background. You don't have that perspective, right? Like, I. It's, there's a is the disconnect that's right there. It's like you know, as a parent, a like, disconnect. I, yeah, the parent can sympathize with the child, but they don't really understand it. Right. right. Whereas Miss Marvel, G. Willow Wilson, you know, uh, wrote it. Um, so it's tell the parents Mark. on this call. Giving did did you guys catch Sanaa Amanat in episode nine, episode three? Yes, I did. In the crowd, yeah, yeah, yeah and and and, and San has been on 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 this property for since the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a feed, there's a continuity, there's a there's a history, and involves people who are of that background yeah. working on that. And right? Is, like, is Sana Amanat? Is Amanat? I'm going to mispronounce her last name. Sorry. I know she was the editor of the original book. Did she come up with the idea? Like, is she credited as one of the co-creators she, along with G. Willow Wilson and Adrian Alfona? G. Willow, mm. no. no. G, she was in on the ground floor on on helping to build the character. But G. I, Willow Wilson is the creator along with uh, with Alfana. I just yeah. wonder, like, if you're an editor and you're in those rooms, in those meetings of character creation, if it, if it was done in a meeting room, I'm just saying... From what I know about the, well, yeah, well, I mean, obviously creator credits are creator credits, like basically like, you know, th- that's, that's kind of set in stone these days on, on, I don't she's know a Marvel employee. Comics, though, because like, yeah. if you're an employee, uh, I don't know, but I'm just saying like, I feel like most of the creator credits we see now is like writer, 
mm-hmm. artists yes. than our creator. If you're an editor and giving input on the creation of something, then you're you an might editor. not be credited. Yeah, you're, you're going to be credit. You're, uh, you're going to be credited you're, as editor. If you're in the conversation, I'm just saying, like hypothetically, yeah. I wasn't there. No, no, no. I know. In the conversation between like the editorial at Marvel and G Willow Wilson, and you're like, hey, I have an idea, or uh, you know, hey, I think G Willow would be perfect for this type of character we try and create, and then yeah. Miss Marvel. Uh, comes in there, and then you get Agent Alfona to design her, and then he gets a creator credit. From, like, does that from what I initial kernel? Where the fuck does it come from? And if it comes from an editor in a it conversation, all, does she? It all depends on she it, it all depends. Creator credit. It all well, yeah, exactly. It all depends on 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 who created what, basically. It says uh, Wikipedia says uh, Kamala Khan was created by Sanaa Amanat, Jubal Wilson, Adrian Alfana, okay. Jamie well, McKelvey, and Stephen Wacker. Yeah. Jesus, right, they've heard. Oh, they've heard everyone. Yeah. So generally it. speaking, it's the writer that pitches, and then the yes. Marvel approves, and they assign the editor to it. Mm-hmm. That's usually, that's always been. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true for normal comic stuff. But Miss Marvel had a mission behind it from the beginning. Yeah, that's you know the thing. I, mean? I think that's why this is much more of a conversation than exactly. it normally would be. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's also why you know I mean Sana has. Has kind of stuck. I mean, she's stuck with the character, you know, long after G. G. Willow Wilson's gone elsewhere. Um, well, you got to remember that G. Willow Wilson is a convert, yes. and she is a white lady from Boston. So even if she understands the faith part of it, mm-hmm. the actual like the culture, the background, the childhood yeah. part, has Sana to would have the idea. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. that I get that does make a lot more sense mm-hmm. um, that she gets the credit. But yeah, I yeah. mean, like that's the thing. Like, I mean, Miles works. Because I don't know. I think Miles worked in spite of Bendis, as opposed to like because of Bendis. Because Miles you consider- worked because the, the 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 readership was 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 starving for that kind of character, despite yeah, hungry. all the blowback. Yeah. Um, Sana Amanat is also from New Jersey, apparently. Yes, she is. Okay, so yeah, that it all it all starts to fit more perfectly. But I mean, like, yeah, that's why Miles works in like Ironheart and Naomi don't because. It's a weird, well, we it's also, a weird dynamic. We also literally don't know anything about Ironheart yet. Like Ironheart hasn't happened yet. So I think uh, what I what I think they're trying to do over at, over at the MCU in particular, as as Chris said earlier, and you know as we've sort of hinted at, whether we get Young Avengers, whether we get Champions, whether we get whatever after this, like we're they're playing the groundwork, knowing damn well that their original stars are not going to be there. Whether or not these characters catch on from here and continue the franchise in these, you know, youthful versions of of these of these, you know, legacy characters or not, we'll certainly wait and see. But I think they're damn well aware that they have that <clears throat> they have ingrained, uh, you know, franchise potential one way or the other, and hopefully they're going to put the time and the effort to build Ironheart out past what she's had in the comics, as has happened other times as well when characters have you know gone from uh, from the comics to the screen. Like you know, there's changes made and there's uh, adjustments and improvements in in some ways over others. Um, You'll never see me coming. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, the greatest yeah i'm i'm not i'm not i'm not giving excuses i'm just saying like i i, I honestly just want to see what they what they bring to the table you know well for me i mean like and you know i think i think of the you know since you know we're all comic book fans i feel like the tv shows are like the monthly comics mm-hmm. and the movies are like the big events yes you're right and i think that's why like i i don't mind like look i've read superman every single month for almost like 
25 years. Up until 2019. I don't love every issue of Superman, but I read them because I enjoy them in a very general sense. So, like, I, I mean, I don't dislike, I haven't dis, I haven't watched Miss Marvel yet because of my eye issues, but, like, I don't mind, I don't, I, it, I've enjoyed all the series so far. Maybe not, like, yeah. I, okay, yeah, Hawkeye I'm was, just, I'm never going to say Hawkeye was a classic, but, like, Hawkeye was enjoyable. It was Hawkeye a fun was little fun. Christmas story. Yeah. It was a nice diversion for a couple weeks. But, like, that's, like, any, like, Marvel miniseries nowadays. You pick it up, you go, oh, that was kind of cool. And you put it back, you know, that's it. You well, had your fun. Even though, uh, uh, what if Miles Morales was Thor? Let's not we talk don't. about that. I haven't read it yet. And the few panels I've seen, yeah. oh, my God, that guy has, that guy's, <sighs> he needs to feel bad. Yeah. I hope he, he feels he bad. Does. He does. He does. He, he, he okay. is profusely sorry. It was an accident. He's profusely sorry. And an he needs accident? to feel worse. Because yeah. the last time I saw something of this was when Christos Gage wrote Luke Cage in an Iron Man comic, and he made him stunt straight up like DMX. How, how I'm did, not black, even I was offended. That's no accident. Come how, on. How is that an accident? That, like, that is fucking worst take ever. We're gonna make we're gonna make Asgard urban park, and therefore there's gonna be fucking graffiti be, because it, urban p- people and black people don't value their neighborhoods. So we're just gonna put graffiti. By Odin's fate, I will smite oh, thee. That's not where graffiti the is. Race, piece I mean. of crap. It was absolutely was, but he, uh, from, his intention was what his. I can tell you what his intention was. Mm-hmm. His intention was to sort of like ha- use the story as a way to kind of show honor towards what his affinity for like nineties hip hop. Mm-hmm. It came off horrifically racist. Oh yeah, it is a racist comic book, but it's not like it sounded like a, racist. A really really white guy wrote that. Yeah, yeah. Who, I, who barely really, listens really, to hip hop? That's, that's what I thought. Is like that's this the thing. Like it's a white like, guy wrote it. You should have known really better, racist. my man. Yeah. Well, I whether mean, or not you think, that's what like that's what but I was saying. Like, that's what a white fade. guy's perception of graffiti is. <laughs> but what's <laughs> what, someone who lives what's, in that culture? Like you what, see graffiti on a neighborhood. They're automa- like around here in Orlando. They just paint over it or something. Unless it's a big mural, but just random. All eyes on me. But, uh, one question though: Where were the editors? Where were they on this book? Yeah. They're also really white. That, that too, but like, that would have been that would have been so many red flags were across my desk. Like you know, so many red flags. You know what? You know, oh, you know what the problem is. You know what the problem is because it was and I, I no no excuse whatsoever because honest to God, it should have never freaking happened. I guarantee you, they were like, "Oh, it's a what if? Who's going to care?" Yeah. And 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 that's I, I I don't know if that was the actual reasoning behind it, or whether or not you know there was actual like editorial failure on this. But yeah, that, I guarantee you that that's that that's the thoughts that went through their head. It's a what if, you know? It's a what if we can do whatever we want with the what if. Like yeah, there's even some things that you shouldn't do with a what if. I mean, you could. It is, I'm not seeing a lot of it. Was good or right. Long time. Yeah. Whether it's this or like like the psychopath turning red review is like editors don't really exist anymore, do they? Like there's no sense of like yeah, checking just... people's work anymore. No, I'm, uh, I'm on nine books. Fuck off. Going oh, going going back to the to the MCU stuff though, real quick is that I I'm I want to know how this all turns out with the premiering characters on you know Disney Plus first. Now that mm. we're finally having that happen. You know, because up until now, it was all series based on existing characters one way or the other. You know, like Falcon and Winter Soldier. We, we'd seen Falcon. We'd seen Winter right. Soldier. Uh, you know, he, he, Hawkeye. We got we got Haley Steinfeld's, uh, ha- you know, Hawkeye, but also Hawkeye was in it. So clearly established. Loki, same thing. Now we've got Moon Knight. We got Ms. Marvel. 
You know, we're getting we're, we're getting Ironheart, She-Hulk. We're getting She-Hulk. She-Hulk. These are all characters that are being introduced here. And I kind of like that we that they waited a bit until that happened. Uh, you know, kind of get us like used to the idea of you know, Marvel TV shows and then start introducing in the created for TV that will then wind up showing up in movies later on. I, I wonder if that's just a um, a symptom or, or a consequence of the coronavirus pandemic. You know, TV could go on. And and their TV plans, I felt like kind of, they happened a little bit later, but it was mm-hmm. kind of right on schedule. Whereas the movies, you know, they pushed Black Widow like a year and a half before finally said, ah, oh, fuck it, just, you know, Scarlett's going to sue us anyway, get us out of, get us out of here. And just kept going from there because <laughs> that the movies like these movies were supposed to come out like a year ago, a year and a half ago, and they've all been shifted right so far that you're not seeing the the lineups or whatever as maybe we could have had there been no terrible pandemic. Well, I mean, Black Panther still would have been delayed. Yeah, yeah. I don't know so little of it? like two years ago, like 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 that they were doing that show. During 2020, when they were filming it, I believe. But look, I mean, what? Remember, was it? I think the Marvel, what the the MCU um, uh, uh, press uh, press junket from yeah. what during, during pandemic mm-hmm. when they dropped the entire slate of all their shows here. Yeah, and that those have now been pushed back six, nine, twelve months. Also now, yep. so. But I, I think like the reason go back to your question is like. The TV shows are such a good way to gauge the temperature of a character. Oh yeah, and on on the cheap, right? So why would why would they? If, if you can do six six episodes of a, of a TV series and get a built establish an audience and also get the tone of okay, if, is this character going to work here? Can we retool some things here on the cheap? Why why the hell would you not do it? Exactly. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I told you guys this before, but like I work at my daylight. Barnes and Noble, and like throughout all last year, I was short ordering Wanda, Wanda and Vision comics, um, Sam Wilson Foul Cap stuff, Loki comics, and they sold very precipitously, like very, very glacially. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I ordered some Moon Knight stuff, and like Moon Knight just flies off the off yeah. my shelves, all in the Lemire stuff, um, like everything that we got, like like constantly. And Miss Marvel's starting to sell okay, um, but like I think is I think you have a point where like the new characters. Uh, are sparking more of an interest right now than yeah. like, in terms of like you know like like actually going to the comics, than the familiar characters throughout the the first three phases. Mm-hmm. Definitely, at least from my perspective. Yeah. No. So like, do you? That 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 sounds like normal comic book sales to me. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's what happened when if, uh, like Miss Marvel has fans and is selling. But is she selling more than a than any random copy of Moon Knight? And I know we're talking trades here or whatever, but like, quantity at first. That just I sounds think, like the same white people buying the same comics they've always bought, as opposed to like new readership coming in, which is what we really want and what it should be. Were we just digress? I, I think a lot of it with it's you're talking about established characters versus new characters, and the thing is, is that if people people already know what they like. You either liked Loki or you didn't. And there's also um, the weight of the characters behind that. Like, uh, how do I how do I put this? Oh, which is with Loki, he's dead, right? And you're just like, oh, I guess they're using time travel to bring him back. It's like it's less interesting in a way 
because of all this history. Like, you know, if you didn't already look, like Hawkeye and you're not really going to care about learning more about his family mm-hmm. or about a new Hawkeye. It's just like you've already seen enough of him in the movies. Yeah. But with like Moon Knight and Ms. Marvel, it's kind of like they there has been no mention of them whatsoever. I mean, there's no whispers, no hints, no nothing. So I think one, people are, are willing to take a chance on it. And two, like, you, you know, they're also just lesser known characters. So like with Hawkeye, you've probably, you know, you've ever read an Avengers comic, it might've had Hawkeye in it, but you know, you read random Marvel comics, you may or may not have seen Ms. Marvel before. And you definitely have probably never seen Moon Knight in a comic. I mean, now that I think about it, I've been reading comics for, for, for over 30 years and I probably, I could count the number of times I've seen Moon Knight in a comic on like one hand, yeah. it's probably like two, and it was during a crossover event. The Marvel dude, I only <laughs> heard of Moon Knight when fucking David Finch decided to draw him. No, that's the first time I, I heard. I, of him. I first New I, Avengers. I first got into Moon Knight uh, <clears throat> during the beginning of the Marvel Knight stuff, actually. Like that's mm-hmm. like when when they started doing the street level characters with you know Daredevil running around with Moon Knight and Punisher and like all that jazz. Like that's the first real time that I even thought of Moon Knight outside of like maybe him like guest appearing in like a random issue of Spider-Man or whatever. Like that's, he's just always been sort of those one characters on the fringe. Yeah. I think it says a lot that like the most famous thing about Moon Knight for one people is the like Dracula owes me money. Yeah. Someone tell that bitch, you better give me my money. (laughs) And of course, like Polygon had a great article about this. Like, first of all, that is a fake panel that has never happened. I know. And I don't know why someone. Oh, really? I love what I loved about it was I don't know why someone felt the need to make that because there are so many real panels that are just as weird. Luke Cage, Luke Cage and Doctor Doom. Doom, yes. (laughs) Which I feel like that's what that panel is probably based on in some ways is the Luke Cage, Doctor Doom one. I need Alex Ross to recreate that panel. Oh my god, yes, please, (laughs) yeah. Like next, uh, next uh, Marvel's project uh, needs needs to have that uh, uh, panel recreated. It's uh, you know where where's my money, honey? (laughs) A crazy black man was coming. I knew it had to be you. (laughs) If I had a dime every time I heard that. (laughs) Oh God! Oh my God! What 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 did we think of Doctor Strange? Uh, Oh uh, yeah, let's talk about this. I'm gonna rant. Oh, 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 okay. All right, good. Brandon hasn't had a chance to rant yet. Everybody else has. Brandon, please. I Okay, so let me preface this by saying I appreciate the movie, Uh-oh. right? I, I understand what they tried to do, or mm-hmm. what they did, actually, not what they tried to do. Actually, succeeded in the movie. It was a, I don't say it was a, I don't say it was a reset, but it was kind of like a, um, uh, a realignment. Soft, yeah, a realignment, readjustment of of you know of Doctor Strange and how he plays into the greater Marvel universe. But I feel, and like I, this is definitely a me thing here. The trope that I dislike the least in fiction. Thank you, thank you, Pizza Papa. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, uh, but uh, the the trope I dislike in fiction the most is where. Um, it, it is the delegitimization of trauma and stress of mm. a person, right? Okay, that is what I absolutely dislike the most. In fiction, okay. Where it's you, you discount the pain and the suffering that the character's gone through just to 
have a shortcut for the road to them being a villain. That's what I disliked the most about this entire movie. And it, it, it almost invalidated all of WandaVision in some regard to me, where it's the point of like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. You know, the dark hole corrupted Wanda. Cool. Right. It makes sense. It, whatever the dark hole touches, it, it turns evil. Uh, but we never see that though. Right. That's the thing. We never see it. We never, other than like, Oh, Wanda's hands are getting a little, a little ashy. Other than that, not really much. Um, and then, like, it it played light with the fact that she's gone through some shit, right? She has a re- an actual reason to be upset. Yeah. And did she do it the right way? No. But, like, it, it seemed very flippant to the struggle that the character gone through. And I, that was my, that's really what pissed me off about, most about the movie. Like, I, I, I liked, I don't even remember, there's a lot of the movie I liked a lot. But, that was like uh, something in me that I'm like doesn't sit right. You you so it's like you and Adam Murdo simpatico as usual. <laughs> so it's like I, you you didn't like that there was callbacks to the movie, and no, then I, also at the I, same time that there were not enough callbacks, or it wasn't like the, the, I, I'm kind of with you there because I, I my I was trying to get my wife to watch Doctor Strange two uh, a couple nights ago, and she was like, "Do I need to watch WandaVision? And I was like. Yeah, you kind of do, but you kind of don't. But at the same time, like, I don't know you what to really do by watching really do. You really do. Yeah. 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 You, you can't skate by that and, like, oh, kids, I understand. Like, you got to yeah. have to watch that. But My like, buddy. I, I, yeah. I watched Doctor Strange, and what I felt was lacking was a really, like, even a hint of what the fuck happened in WandaVision. I know that's not Marvel's thing, but, like, like I was kind of wondering if, like, are they going to hint to it at all? Like, this didn't feel like a sequel. This felt like the uh the worst parts of uh comics when they're they're calling back to something else that's going on hmm. at the same time and you didn't read the they, issue that it tied into it, it. Yeah. so i just reread nightwing by peter j tomasi that trade paperback that came out and mm-hmm. i remember loving this run back when it came out and then i just reread it and it called back to um batman r.i.p final even, yeah yeah R and r and if you haven't read that stuff in 10 years you're like what the hell is there's a mention the, uh, the oh. first storyline features the the mother of all nations from the Great Ten. You remember those fucking people? I yeah. love and, yes, dude. The Chinese of and, Chinese Justice yeah. League. What the fuck, man? She's I love that. To all these babies, but there's it's just you just assume that you know what's going on, but without any like, oh, yeah, I do. explanation. I know, but there's no explanation or even like hint of hey, here's this woman. Here's where she's from. Here's what her powers are. It's just like here's a woman giving babies. Why? I don't know. And it's like. Like you're, it's too much left up to you to go follow up on it, or um, yeah, they they assume that you read the books. They assume too much, and then at the same time, I think the story suffers because they do that a lot. Right. And that's and like, kind of I like the movie, but I felt like Doctor Strange had a lot of that going on for it. Like that was the I, biggest I, risk they took, I think. I, I, I wasn't upset that there were callbacks. I'm upset that the callbacks that they did make in the movie really didn't fucking matter in the in the long run uh, yes and, I, yes i, I and watched no. one review like i watched grace randolph a lot whether you like her or not she made a good point like she really felt like the writer of this movie didn't watch wandavision because there was so much like nuance and emotionalness <laughs> to wandavision that wasn't in this film at uh, all brent, brent you, you know you know she jumped on a plane after she was done filming wandavision right like they, she literally went from 
finishing filming WandaVision, hopped on a plane to I'm not London. talking about the actress. I'm no, talking no. about the writer. I'm, the but but, but I'm, I'm telling you, there was no time for them to have been able to have watched WandaVision because WandaVision was not Scripts. done. Scripts are two scripts. different producers. Yeah, but the, the, but the scripts the scripts are happening simultaneously, basically. Oh yeah, they so they, like, they they literally didn't finish the script until yeah, she was there exactly. So like I, I I'm sure that they had basic. So story why are we rushing notes. this movie out right after Wandavision though? Because like this, we, to me, this needed, movie could have waited. This movie could have been after. I know, but I'm saying it's like, supposed to be last year, so. So it's even worse. I'm saying in the timeline, in the timeline, if you're lining up your production schedule and you're like, this movie comes out right, not right after WandaVision, could have, should have perhaps, but five, a year, a year, it was pretty much a year, right? But at the same time in our production schedule, we haven't had time to look at the story or look at the finished product of WandaVision. We're going to rush into, from WandaVision production season eight, episode eight, into uh, production of this movie Nobody, the writers have not talked, the directors have not talked, they've not ingested any, there's no, like, intake of it. And therefore, the product you have between the two of them, while there is connective tissue, doesn't have that same emotional resonance that ultimately the superior product, WandaVision, brought to that character. Because you rushed into it. Whereas, if they had waited and put this movie out, I don't know, in where Thor Ragnarok falls, or even hell, even where Black Panther 2 is going to fall in in the fall this year you might have had that time to at least ingest some of that. Like, how's it shaping up? Oh, well, it's really emotional. Oh, well, maybe we need to add more dialogue about the vision in here or uh, even mention that he fucking exists still, you know, or what the hell happened to him? Like, that whole... She also doesn't, even, like, she also doesn't even know that, she, that he still exists, so that's that's not... It was just like, Wanda wants kids. Why? Okay, go watch WandaVision. And you watch WandaVision, you're like, okay, I don't understand. I know where she's coming from, but I don't... It was like, it was like this. I mean, well, let's like be they're, they're heading toward each other, but they missed. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it is a symptom of the era, the pandemic era. And you can say, well, they could have waited longer, but if you want me to be really, uh, I don't know the word for this, practical about it is the fact that they've already delayed it and they have paychecks. They have people to pay people like they need their money. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just say, oh, we'll just wait another year because, I wasn't you know, saying that. They're, saying they're that cash, the production well, I'm just saying their cash flow. Black Widow, Eternals, Shang-Chi, all, you know, some of them were great, some were not. In terms of, like, production order, you could have said, well, we need to space this out a little bit more. Just we in turn can get our shit together. But, but again, I'm saying it's it. saying that the way they do their books, and I'm not saying this is the best way. It's just that they already are expected to have movies at certain times that bring in money at certain times. And then you pay out, you know, your workers at certain times, you pay out your shareholders because, oh God, the shareholders can't go without their money. And the fact that everything was already delayed, like I, I think of this as very similar to the writer's strike in 2007, 2008. And the fact is, like, you go back and you look at the art made and, you know, you realize these people were just doing the best they could. I mean, honestly, a lot like shows got cut off and, you know, they rushed them in. They rushed their endings just like they did with the pandemic. Uh And they could have waited. They could have been like, oh, we'll just pick this up. But again, because they have schedules they have to meet, they have, you know, expectations that have to be, you know, share. Again, I'm going to keep saying shareholders, shareholders, shareholders. Like, you know, you, you, you're expect, you know, if they tell you you need to do 
20 episodes and you, you know, there's a strike and you only have 15, you're like, well, if I could do 18, that'll make them slightly happier, but you still have to make a lot of compromises. Am I, I hope I'm making sense. Cause now I'm starting to really doubt myself. No, 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 you're, you're, you're totally making sense. Cause heroes season one was the best season of television that we'd seen in a long time. <laughs> and then the writer strike happened in season two yeah. still had to come out. And that yeah. was the worst yeah. season of television we'd seen. And, and plus, Next also, generation me, season two. Let me also. also well, well, hold uh, on, uh, Brandon. One, 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 one more addition to what to, to what Chris is saying is that there's an there's a world out there where uh, Doctor Strange came before Spider Man because yeah. originally, so, originally yeah. that's where it it's was in the slate. So- yeah, the way they fit those two together is so clunky. Like they had to throw in this mention, yeah, we have some experience with the multiverse. Yeah. You know, like they threw that in. But then that was felt, a reshot scene. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it, it had to be. But it also feels weird because then I'm now I'm trying to imagine how No Way Home would have played had it come afterwards. Amer- America would have been the role of uh, of of, uh, of of MJ and uh, I mean, or she might have even been with them. Like Ned and MJ, it might have been Ned, MJ, and America basically because America was supposed to be in that movie originally. Yeah, so. in a that's weird. Yeah. yeah, in a characterization way, I've talked with Ian about this before. Yeah. I do find that No Way Home works better taking place before Doctor Strange because even if Stephen doesn't remember, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like he might have been influenced by Peter because let's be honest, like most of the movie is Stephen's fault. Yes. It is not Peter's fault. Yes. He's a freaking kid he doesn't understand magic you know he's got all these concerns in his head and steven treats him like he's an idiot for half the movie and then eventually he kind of like you know when he says oh i have to remember you're still just a kid and i'm like thank you thank you i've been screaming that for the past 90 minutes you moron yeah a kid's gonna panic that's what he does and and i feel like the way he treats america is a lot kinder he shows her a lot more grace which is part of the movie is at the end he's like i'm not like that other doctor strange i'm not gonna hurt you Mm -hmm. You know, and I can feel like in a characterization way, it fits better coming after No Way Home. Like he learned his lesson, mm-hmm. even if he doesn't remember it. He just learns to have a little more well, patience with teenagers. Yeah. No, he should remember. It's just that he doesn't remember that it's Peter Parker exactly. under the mask. Yeah. Well, he so he, he does remember. He remembers something happened because he's not going to yeah. remember why it happened because that would involve remembering Peter. Right. Right. I will point out, and I love. He tried to help Spider Man and screwed up. Yeah. Yeah, I do love that in going back to No Way Home. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, he sheds a little tear, mm-hmm. you know, when he's like, he, when he says, we won't remember you, I won't remember you. And I'm like, oh, are you going to miss the little dork? It's oh, all of us who love. Yeah. Oh, no, we won't remember you. We love you. All it basically cements Doctor Strange as a damn good uncle. Like by the time by the time Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness is done, it's like okay, this is not a second movie in a row where Doctor Strange has, has essentially been surrogate wait. uncle. Like wait, oh no, wait, what? Shang Chi uh-huh. is Jackie Chan, and Doctor Strange is uncle. So the Marvel Universe is the Jackie Chan Adventures. So, Bra- ah! so, so Brandon, you had things that you wanted to add. Please go right ahead. Wrath never said anything. Just continue on as if you're on the I'm going to weave this spell. None of you are going to remember my words. <laughs> you won't remember me. Talisman not important, okay? Talisman not important. Brandon, you, you had, had to say uncle. Brandon, you had to say uncle. Brandon, you had you, one more thing. Go ahead. Well, Greg, I fight each other. I to say uh, but like going back to what uh, uh, what Chris and Brent were talking about before, like you know, it's you know, like there was a slate here. That's kind of what really what fucked everything over in the first part yeah. is that you know they when you have a slate, you, you pay for the you pay for these dates in these theaters. Mm-hmm. You are you are going to say, hey, by this date here, I'm going to have X amount of money yeah. out to 
he's he's here and like i wish sometimes like the problem with modern movie making is that we always have to have you know a slate you know you look at like dc now or you look at like marvel before like they announced their entire phases and then everything gets shuffled around and everything gets kerfluffled. And now we're like, Oh, look around with it. Something happens like the pandemic here. And now we're, we have all our thumbs up our asses right now. Right. And like, I, I just wish that, you know, that they were able to just tell a story one at a time. Like they could originally with, with, with the original Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm like, okay, here, look, we, we have a plan here for some movies here, but we're not going to tell you all of them. I just wish that, you know, we can kind of go back to that sometimes. Yes. We were supposed to have a dark universe fully populated by now. We were supposed to have oh, a God. core movie three years ago. The monster should be healthier than it is. We were uh-huh. supposed to have a Green Lantern core TV show by now. Mm-hmm. We were, we were supposed happening. to have a Ben Affleck Batman movie before it was going to be the the Batman. You know, like yeah. Joe Manganiello no, was supposed no, to have a no career by loss. now. Yeah, I know exactly. Can I can I get into uh, the multiverse? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, it, I don't. I think they should change the title of this movie not to Multiverse of Madness, but to Alternate Verse of Madness. No, no one pit stop only of saw madness. One. one pit stop of madness. Hey. We traveled through a bunch to get to one, and then we <laughs> stayed there, and that does not make a multiverse. Donovan, I was looking forward to this because, like, there are a lot of things I really like in this movie. Ultimately, I, I, I enjoyed this movie. Um, I think Sam Raimi showed up on set with a boner. Yeah, like he directs the hell out of this movie. <laughs> It's awesome. I think with Olsen uh, does a, like a rocking job as as a, as a as a scary villain. Um, I like. I think it's honestly a, a half measure. The whole like strange character development. The whole like are you happy thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much we can possibly get from that. Yeah. But like I appreciate it because he has been really cold in the MCU so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I like America Chavez. The the cameos generally were awesome. They blew my mind. But. I can't let go of the – I don't see how Kevin Feige and the screenwriters go from, okay, you're watching WandaVision and you're with Wanda the whole time. And this is going to be a villain, uh, baby crazy, and then the, the audience is just going to accept that. Like you don't watch WandaVision and watch that last episode and think she's going to be like well, evil. She doesn't kill Agatha Harkness. Like she ends up like you know, like, all like, doing the right thing. And I what's feel the like, last like, thing you see of her? Yeah, what's her the last Oracle? scene you see with her? Exactly. Yeah, her, and like and like I get like you know again like it's the whole thing of like yes we know the dark hole subtly corrupts people corrupts people over time yes. right but like they told us that I don't think I knew that I, it, they said again, it. It, it feels like that it, it just it, it took a it, couple of shortcuts yeah it, a lot of shortcuts and like, it yeah, yeah. Like that's it, the it big thing it wasn't yeah, earned all the thing. way yeah well the, the yeah thing- no, so straight up like like I, I i think it's actually disingenuous to the character I, I know a lot of people are out there like oh if you look at age of ultron she was always heading down this way we know in the comics this happens but i think in terms of this character they set up it felt like a betrayal to the character and i was so shocked that the film itself was so completely unsympathetic towards wanda to where they bury at the end, and I was very interested to hear what you guys had to think about well, that. And because uh, to me, I, I agree, it, it, oh, it could yeah. not, it, it could not help but feel strangely like retrograde misogynist. It just couldn't, mm-hmm. despite the fact that I like well, a lot of parts about the movie. I mean, you know, I, I yeah, think, on, it, I think what first of all, one of the biggest problems with it is the fact that the MCU is very has a 
dearth of female characters right now mm-hmm. because Black Widow is dead. Yes, she, you know, she has her sister. You know, we're going to get Elena doing Elena shit. But, you know, aside from that, we have like Captain Marvel. And then, she, you know, she was our other big Avenger character. And now she was the villain in this movie. And now she's supposedly dead. And it just felt like the opt, even if they didn't intend it to be misogynistic, the optics of it are terrible. And you're right, like, it does seem to, it does seem to fall into the trope of baby craziness. Like, I actually would have accepted a movie where it was a little more gradual, like maybe Stephen goes to her for help, and then she realizes that this is a way to get the kids back, as opposed to being the villain off screen before it even starts. Mm -hmm. I think that's, because, I mean, yeah, like I said, the optics of it are probably the worst of it. I'm sure they weren't trying to be assholes about it, you know, and they wanted WandaVision to kind of lead into it, and they wanted to do this whole thing about, you know, how much it hurts. Uh, it does suck that it also feels like Vision barely exists in her mind at this point. All she cares about are like these two stupid little kids with their stupid ice cream song. <laughs> My mom was like, oh, that's so cute. And I'm like, no, this song is fucking terrible. And yeah. I wish these kids would die. <laughs> Whoa. They're, cu- <laughs> they're not real. Wow. They're not real. <laughs> you know? I mean, Billy, I hate you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Also, okay. can I point out that they were watching Snow White, which I thought was the weirdest thing. I was like, hey, oh, Disney yeah. product place. Disney Go Plus. You. Well, yeah. Disney Plus. Also, also yeah. I, I, I. And Steamboat Willie, for some reason, they're just like. It was the one thing. The one thing that that was a little bit unbelievable to me is that. And I mean, I get why they they, had, they got the same actors, because literally, you know, WandaVision had just wrapped. So obviously they're going to get the same actors playing the kids. But like it's established in the show that they hyperage and that they get to that age. So you're telling me that this is the one part that was unbelievable for me out of all the shit is that you're telling me that all across the multiverse, Wanda's kids hyperage. And well, you're also in this universe. Maybe she didn't want the surly teenage ones that she saw in like a thousand other universes. She's like, no, I want the cute ones that sing stupid songs about yeah. ice cream. I, yeah, I, I mean, can't even sing in sync. I know. Seven to eight is a great age. I'm in it right now with Olivia. Well, yeah. She but, sings to you. She has fun stories uh-huh. still. She listens to you. You <laughs> can ask her to clean Friend. up. You can ask her to brush your teeth. She'll do it. Uh-huh. Sometimes you have to remind her, but she's still cute. Uh-huh. Like. We're, we're I have fun stories, age. Brent. Good age. <laughs> I have fun. But, I will clean up. I have fun stories, Brent. But also, Thank you. Very but also every yeah, world. I mean, you don't like lean into my face and yell at me. Every world That's across right, the okay. multiverse. That's... Every world across the multiverse. Wanda cre- created these kids, or she's got an off-camera husband that what? we don't know. Um, Maybe that universe vision was a real person and never Ooh. a synthesizer. This Sean, that was her. That was that's Sean. His name is Sean. <laughs> Sean. 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 <laughs> I mean, uh, okay. Dino got that one. I, I, for, for, for what is drip if not floss? <laughs> <laughs> I, I okay. So I, I think I think I know what this episode is going to be titled. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I've been I've been welling a lot. So let me get a couple of these things out. One, I don't think Wanda's dead at all. Yes, what the fuck course, was that red flash? Of course she's not dead. Of course she's not dead. Um, two, um, the original story about Wanda's kids pretty misogynistic. So referring to it was and not making it misogynistic was already an uphill battle. Yes, that's true. Mm, true. Very true. Three, using using uh, Michelle Yeoh's multiverse rules, maybe the ones where where those kids are that age and Vision is not around or yeah, the ones that are most proximal to to that reality. 
It's a great movie. It's, okay, okay. No, real no, quick. Don't tell me, don't tell no, 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 no. No review. No, 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 no. no, no. I'm not saying anything. Shit. No. I heard that you're supposed to go into that movie knowing nothing, so I haven't seen the trailer. Review. It's, I'm waiting for it to be able to be rented. I'm not fucking buying a movie. I'm buying I'm it. Waiting for it to be rented. I'm buying it. It's it's or, the best or, multiverse or, movie I've seen in a long time. That's all I'm saying. It's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. I don't want to even see it. Okay, fine. I love this movie. Sorry, I wanted to jump in and just say really quickly. I hate the the part where where it's like, oh, you're all those dreams you have. You know, those are actually multiversal versions of yourself. And Wong is like, oh, the one where I'm naked and the cloud is chasing me. And I'm like, that's the worst one you have because I have had sex with so many people in my dreams, and I don't want to realize that. Oh God, there's a version of me that did that because that is messed up. <sighs> I fought the century once. I would, I would, I would, but I would suggest to, to Raph's point about like, because obviously, yes, the original story was sexist, but like, I mean, Wong was originally like, you know, an Asian stereotype. I mean, and they, they know better than to do that. So I would but, imagine that like they would be a little bit more mm, thoughtful in they? adapting this. Because, because, I mean, look, I love the, the MCU. Supreme now. Come on. But some of they the early MCU again. stuff is, it does have its, its issues with like, I mean, the fact that Black Widow's the only woman for like ages. You couldn't just insert another Marvel superheroine earlier. Yeah, they did yeah. with Wanda in the second one. In, 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 in Avengers 2, Wanda shows up. But I'm okay, but what about like in the other like, uh, Captain America? I mean, you had like 12 yeah, movies the, before Wasp, Ultron. Yeah, exactly. That's not till after Age of Ultron. Well, that's not, that's not, that's, I don't want to get too loud, but like that's not particularly addressing my point exactly. Because my point is that like the, the MCU, yes, it, it's had a women problem. And but this is a particularly visible one that I would imagine they would have had the foresight to sort of like at least navigate in 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 much easier waters than like because again mm-hmm. off screen oh we all know the dark hole makes you crazy I didn't know I don't fucking know that I so I, when, I knew I, so, I knew that I knew that because they basically said as much in Wandavision yeah but, but I mean like barely uh, but barely. again she is a, she is that show at least. To me, the implication was that she could be more, become more powerful, or what have you. But to have her to show up, you know, being a villain in progress, this was advertised as a strange Wanda team up, and that was done for a swerve. But it, it, I do, do except for myself and Brandon and Chris, do the three of you not feel that that was just a little bit yikesy in terms of like no, the gender it, politics? It definitely was. My thing is, I don't. I wonder what. Was it always the plan to have Doctor Strange follow up WandaVision like that? Well, was the, that always the plan? He was originally supposed to show up at the end of WandaVision and in, in the finale. Well, also, I'm a white guy. What do I know? And in 2022, I can't say. Well, Raph, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, you know what the original? I love plan. that caveat I have now. Thank you. Yeah, you, I mean, you know what the original plan for Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness was? I um, don't know. Well, before the original director left. Wanda wasn't even going to be Erickson. a villain. It was, it was, it was, it was going to be, you know, like uh, all, you know, uh, oh god, what's what's the name of the of the Doctor Strange villain uh, that they were going to go with instead? Nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. Uh-huh. Thank you. So here's my yeah, thing. Nightmare. I wonder. Going back to 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 the point before, like, what if they had stuck with that, and then Wanda does get what corrupted? If? Right, like. That actually makes no, I, I'm totally agreeing because I think too. Scarlet Witch what got is? short shrifted. Like, I think if you did the nightmare story, if Nightmare was the enemy and Nightmare tempts Scarlet Witch with the power, yeah, and then somehow, you know, I don't know how you resolve that particular problem. I face one on two, yeah, but my that might have been the better, that probably was the better story than what we got. That's and possible. I mean, yeah, 
I mean, that's in, the thing. In the in the it, end, though, I did actually wind up enjoying this movie a lot, and frankly, I actually dug most, of the, most of the most of the Scarlet Witch stuff that was going I on. Think that just, has it, to do with Sam Raimi, them letting Sam Raimi be the Sam yeah, Raimi mm-hmm. since Drag Me to Hell. Oh yeah, this hell was, yeah, yeah. No, that was, was in the such a Sam Raimi movie, yes, definitely. Yeah. Oh god, that that piano battle. Oh, so good. Also, you know, if that that piano battle, if you had shown me that piano battle during reading fucking Final Crisis Superman Beyond and Final Crisis Issue 7, I might have understood it Mm -hmm. 15 years ago. My my favorite moment of this whole thing was... Superman uh, blew the open open on a brown note and destroyed destroyed what's-his-face. That's what it was. It's simple. What do you not understand about the fundamental forces of good in the multiverse represented by Superman? Come on. It's not that hard to understand. So bad fucking okay, Rap Morrison. brought it back. Uh, Listen, fi- Morrison and I are on the same wavelength, okay? We, 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 mm. I love when Cumberbatch is like, I never said they have to be alive. Because Doctor, this, this, this blows the first movie out of the water. Like, Doctor Strange was always supposed to be a lot more gothic and supernatural. And when Raimi lets his freak flag fly in the third act, mm-hmm. it's oh, so God. much fun. Oh, yeah. And I love yeah, how, how yeah. B-movie it is where, like, like the zombies are like flying over Elizabeth Olsen. She's yeah. like, ah, zombie. Like, that's, that's zombie awesome. Doctor Strange. To no end that you had the zombie thing and they buried him. And he's like, at the very end, he's like, I never like that line. I never said they had to be alive. And I got so much delight because I knew that it wasn't going to be like he was going to inhabit that guy versus like them just bringing that thing back to life or whatever. I was like, oh, that's how they do it. That's so fucking cool. As opposed to like, here's another zombie. Go fight a zombie. Okay, this was the old. This is also one of the old movies. Hard movies actually to get me the fucking jump scare, but mind you, that jump scare in the tunnel where she just fucking pops out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, that oh, that was actually yeah. horrifying. Yeah, actually, she she got me when uh, when uh, Captain Picard died. Oh yeah. yeah what, what do you think about the Illuminati? So the, okay, so the I, Illuminati I, was a letdown for me. I disagree entirely, and you're entirely wrong. I think that the that the Illuminati was excellent in this. As the Easter eggs that they're supposed to be, because I mean, I like I like them. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like the way, the way that they got taken out so quickly was a letdown. I Let think that was part of the point. The point was, yeah, exactly. It was about upending your expectations because yes. you know, as a nerd, you know that these are some of the most powerful characters. And these guys are the gonna totally beat Wanda. They are so yeah. powerful, you guys. Yeah. I mean, the, the lesson there was that they were so arrogant they weren't even working together. Which, yeah. mind you, goes with the comics because in the comics they're just a think tank. Mm-hmm. They're not like a real superhero team. They're just right. a bunch of a-holes yeah, the, who come together once in a while what, to talk important things. What she did to Captain Ca- Captain Black Bolt was the was the most grisly thing I've ever seen. Oh my god! No, 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 no. I, now that, that I have me up. I have that Black now. Bolt costume was all CG apparently. Yeah, I know. Which blew my that mind. Was amazing. Very impressive. Like, that why isn't that CG on fucking Spider Man? Because Spider Man looks plastic CG as hell, but yet Black Bolt looked like so they good. really put a yeah. suit on him. Yeah. What what's up with that? Also, uh, I, don't, I don't understand. But, that's um, the X Men universe. You don't understand that Black Bolt, that mm. Spider Man looks no, like shit. No, no, no. I, I don't understand the point of just not fabricating a costume. It might be even in no way, even in No Way Home, Tom Holland's wearing his Far From Home costume, but they digitally add the golden spider. It's like I don't, I don't get why in this. Right, is right, right. My problem with the CG Spider Man half the time is that he's wearing the costume during the acting. It, this poor kid's wearing spandex for no fucking reason. And they they like CGI out all the wrinkles. See how my shirt's all wrinkled and stuff? They're like, nope, no wrinkles. It's got to look like this the entire time. And the eyes too. I've seen that. Arm, you can't have the ruffles. Like it's all perfectly smooth and everything. 
Like I'm fine with the eyes. The eyes make sense to me, but like well, I mean, the, it's like, a nano suit, suit, so it is wraps around them. Real and doesn't that doesn't obey the laws of physics of a piece of cloth or a covering. It's just they do the same that, thing with that, that uh, thing uh, with Sam Wilson's Captain America my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think, but I think that's also like that's kind of the reason why it it doesn't look as I guess realistic because it it is such a smooth texture compared to like. Uh, the Mark Webb suit or the Sam Raimi suit where actually you have the, the race texture that get, does kind of draw your eyes to it being CG. Well, it was oh. such a contrast from, like, especially No Way Home, you have that shot in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Say nothing about the movie. That one shot of him at the very beginning skydiving down the building. You're seeing the wind ruffle through the suit and it's shaking. And you can see it pass over it versus this Spider-Man who's like, nope, no drag, no wind, whatever. Like, doesn't exist. Because like, that's still the best Spider-Man costume. Don't at me. It, yeah. I agree, honestly. Yeah. But and, uh, sorry. Get, no, no, go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah, with the Illuminati, I now have my favorite joke of all time: knees weak, arms heavy. John Krasinski got turned into into spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> that is now my favorite joke of all time. And, and I'm glad. I'm beyond glad that we got it out of the way. Yes. That that mm-hmm. th- this the Illuminati the Illuminati as it was in this movie was fan service. It was good fan service. Don't get me wrong because they were smart about it. They're like, all it right, wasn't the real Illuminati? Exactly. Let's give let's give that was it. That was when I was like, that was that was amazing. That was amazing, Patrick. You know, you get you get Patrick with the Kirby mind waves. Yes. Oh yes. You get you get Patrick Stewart as Professor Xavier. You get Professor Xavier in the X Men animated series chair. You know, wearing the suit and everything. The green suit. The green suit. It you get you get you know Captain Captain Carter in in you know in real life. I didn't really love the Captain Carter thing, to be honest, because as someone who's read the Illuminati comics, you remember how like Steve found out about the Illuminati and Mm. was pissed. That's a good point. But they were like, all right, you can come in, Steve. But she has has British sensibilities. So perhaps that changed things. (laughs) It's more like I feel like they put her in there for the same reason they put uh, Maria Rambeau, Captain Carter in there Mm. is because they're like, this can't be a sausage party. Yes, exactly. It's fan service. Like, 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 uh, uh, Everything about that just drip fan service. And like there are some people that are like who decide that they hate this movie, that's the worst scene because it's fan service. And like I thought it was glorious. I would yeah. have liked it to be taken a little bit more seriously, but like it was fun. And like for for my money, because I saw this movie twice, I thought Krasansky did a pretty good job as Reed Richards. He did. I, I wasn't positive at first. Like does, does he sound smart enough? Mm-hmm. When he mentions his kids, I was like, yeah, but that sounds like Reed to me, mm-hmm. even he, though he's, yeah. he's a fucking I've seen idiot. People complain, I've seen people complain that Krasinski is too warm to be Reed, mm-hmm. but it's like weird because I've, see, I've seen it three times, and I'm kind of like, yeah, but he also seems kind of spaced out whenever he's talking, which is totally Reed. Oh, absolutely. And, like, yeah, yeah. He, you know, he cares about things, but it's really detached. Yeah. When he tells like, like, like the biggest things talking to people. Yeah. yeah. And, and the point of this Illuminati was to get it out of the way. Like, okay, oh, fan casting, John Krasinski, okay, great. Great, Fantastic Four. Great, terrific. Doesn't necessarily mean we're going to get John John Krasinski in the Fantastic Four movie that winds if, up happening because we don't have they to now. Give us, like, if that's how they get around not using anybody from the Fox Men films, yeah. in the X Men, I'm fine with that. If they're oh, like, sure. hey, we brought in Patrick Stewart, and honestly, yeah, I was afraid up until what two days ago when they said John Krasinski may not be Fantastic. Was it Mister Fantastic in the new movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I had. At this, at once, I was like, "Oh, well, that's kind of a bummer." 
And at the same time, I was like, oh, it's a sigh of relief because I realized that Patrick Stewart's not going to have to be he doesn't have to be Professor X. He's ninety, you know. Like he's, I was say, he's old. really old yeah. at this point. He's visibly, he's visibly and, older. And for that matter, we just established three different Spider-Men that look entirely different. Right. So, and like, di- yeah, are different ages. Exactly. And, and honestly, um, I thought McAvoy is a, is a is a solid Xavier as well. Oh, McAvoy so. is great as oh, that yeah. character. I don't know why mm-hmm. people don't like him. No, I I think he, I think he, he does really this good too job. much. I mean, and, and I mean, Fastbender's cool. Fastbender's Magneto is 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 fantastic, and I I think that I did not hate Dark Phoenix. I'm not going to defend it, but it, I enjoyed it. It, it was it, it was not as bad as X Men Three. That movie is unten- that movie's untenable. Let's leave the meeting. No, Dark Phoenix. No. Dark Phoenix is ostensibly a terrible film. Dark Phoenix no. is a goddamn travesty. But uh, but that's it's beside the point. Bad? Travesty. Yeah, it is. I love. Oh, I, yeah, it I, is. I love to say I haven't. I still haven't seen Dark Phoenix. Let me let, let me just put it this. To, I feel like I won some competition. Da, no, you, you did. Yeah, you won the competition of not yeah. actually having your eyes hurt afterwards. But no, Donovan, uh, if you do a movie twice and you fuck up twice, don't do it. Don't do it. And you choose well, to said, write and direct it the second time. Exactly. You do it. All I said was I enjoyed it. I, I wasn't saying it was great. I, I, was saying, it. I understand. I was saying I'll defend it. Okay, tell me I'm, who Jessica Chastain was and why she was there. You're so, <laughs> what am I, a lawyer? <laughs> my, okay. my, my dad and my Your brother Honor. are the lawyers. I'm the, bo- I'm the comic book I bohemian. I, no, no. I never says I'm defended. There's like, she actually there's plays like three, the alien. Yeah. From the planet that Phoenix blows up in the Dark Phoenix saga in the comics. It was it was nice to see an X movie that was actually an X Men film and not a solo adventure featuring one character. You know, you, that's you, what that's why I enjoyed about you, it. You know they were, you know they were originally going to introduce scrolls into that until Marvel was like, no, you're not. Fuck no. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think no, I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. So that that, um, that was interesting. Decent, decent, uh, Mr. Fantastic costume, by the way. Oh yeah, no, I like it. Nothing, it nothing looks it. like it looks like it's it's the Boss Logic costume. That's pretty much what, what it is. Say, I yeah. think Boss Logic does work for Marvel from time to time. Just doesn't tell you. Doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Doesn't it all, it's also reminiscent uh, to? I mean, at least with the four and whatnot uh, to Brian Hitch's design a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit, yeah. When, when he was on mm-hmm. the on, yeah, say, when they when they name checked the Baxter uh, Foundation um, mm-hmm. with uh, Christine earlier, yeah. And I was thinking, oh, is it going to be Richard? I thought they might bring back Yoan Grafud. So when it was Krasinski, oh. I was doubly shocked. Yeah, that that would have been interesting. Yeah, I gotta say, Rise of the Silver Surfer is still a guilty pleasure for me. Yeah, except yeah. For, except for Galactus Cloud, everything except but yeah, Galactus, Galactus Cloud. But yeah, yeah. Galactus 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 Galactus. it's actually not that terrible. Yeah. The, the whole beginning of that movie Surfer is great. With Lawrence Fishburne, yeah. mm-hmm. and you guys still got Chris Evans in it. Come on, this yeah. redeeming. Chris Evans as Super Scroll. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong oh, yeah. with the Tim Story Fantastic Four at all. Like it is still. I would say there's nothing wrong, but. There's there are a couple of things. The extended like, version of the first film is one that should have been released. Doctor Doctor Doom better than the still ain't great, no matter which way you slice it. And we need a thing. Good and Doom. Human Torch are perfect. Yes, the mm-hmm. tone is better than than not good. Yeah, um, Silver Surfer was pretty good. Yeah, but obviously there's there's huge rooms for improvement that hopefully the next films will uh, take and understand. Yeah. And ignore but, completely the Josh Trank stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's there, but there's something comforting about about the fact that you know it's it's a family film. It's a fam- mm-hmm. it's a family first movie. I'm like, oh, all right, sure. cool. That's yeah. what that's what I want from my yeah. from my Fantastic yeah. Four. For what it was, it was solid. I just it I just I just wanted I just wanted Doctor Nip Tuck Doom to be better. That's that's all. Like some of yeah, my best pictures don't do him any justice. People on this call are wearing that Silver Surfer T-shirt at MegaCon 2008. That is mm-hmm. very true. True. You're, very you're true. Absolutely true. right about that. Yes. Yeah, that reminds me of... Um... Well, this, this is also... This, this goes back to what I was saying earlier in, in the show, is that, mm-hmm. like, you know, we can't 
just kind of like just write off everything that had in no, the past. No, and like you can't. Krasinski is not like, and it's you know, not what I was doing, Donovan. <laughs> right. I, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, the Tim Story movies yeah. had their pluses and minuses. They're not the worst, they're not the best. Definitely. Oh yeah, no. They, I, I mean, hell, I, I I have redeeming qualities about you know freaking Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Like, there's scenes in that that I like, even though they most you of the movies stopped crash. after when you said I have redeeming qualities. <laughs> yeah, it's stopped right Jennifer there. Garner in tight pants. That's the no, 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 no Affleck. That, the director's, director's cut's fine. Cut, yeah, it's actually it's, it's actually a movie in a, in a director's cut. Yeah, I know. Uh, Listen, tell me how that guy also directed Ghost Rider and Electra. It goes for itself. I mean, oh, here's the thing: Catwoman sucks. Like that single uh, Halle Berry movie. Yes, I can't say anything good about it. Yes, but most movies are not that. Yes, I, I can w- say one good thing: she that that Halle Berry showed up to collect her Razzie. Yes, you're absolutely right. Good for her when it was too late. What, what wasn't it like? Was it was it the same year she won her Oscar? Or yes, it was the yeah, same year. That's what I thought. Yeah, so she showed up to accept the Razzie Oscar in hand. <laughs> good, I believe. Good for I think, her. So if she didn't win the Oscar, you think she gets the Razzie though? I think so. Oh, yeah. I think oh, so. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I, I think the Oscar helps in getting the Razzie, though. I think that's a yeah. huge... It's like, oh, I'll take the Razzie. Oh, what's this? Oh, it's my Oscar. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I just dropped my here, big, huh? big Oscar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's nice to have that, though, as a backup, you know? Like, sure, I got a Razzie, but I'm also recognized as the best actress in this movie, you know, for this year. So, oh. Well, I- I'm super glad that we're in the Wong cinematic universe, that we're... That we're I know, right? Uh, all Wong all the time, baby. Like, he should be Listen, in everything. He's, he's amazing. The Wong and Shang-Chi are going to be the glue. I keep saying this. No one listens to me. Wong and Shang-Chi are the glue of the next phase. Yeah. All right? What if Wong shows up in Shang-Chi 2 as a villain? Oh, the Darkhold got him. And, like, you know, we got to no. kill him. That, that, that's then, our story. Then, then Shang-Chi uses the Ten Rings to rip a hole in reality with America Chavez's help. That's a good Wong. No, no, keeps no, that no. Wong, gets rid of the other Wong, no. and I'm still good with it. No, 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 because only only a good Wong can make a white. Okay, that's well. Listen, listen, listen. That's right, fine. Do you think if they had a multiverse Wong, they would show up and be like, "Hey, Wong, how's it?" Uh, oh, never mind. Wrong Wong. <laughs> listen, the only reason I'll let this go is if I play the new Wong. Wrong, and then we're all good. Wong. Can we I will t- be the wrong one. Can we, can we talk about Charlize Theron for a minute? Uh, and as Cleo? Oh, oh my terrible. god! Perfect. Yeah, she was great Cleo? on The Boys. Yes. Yeah, The Boys. She was great. <laughs> as Clea, I don't want her. No really? thanks. I want. Her. I've seen Fast and the Furious. I love those movies. I don't like her in those movies. Do you I love those movies though? She's great. Really? In- oh, is she, is she, is she not realistic enough for you? And six. She's great in Atomic Blonde. I don't give a shit in uh, about Clea, honestly, but. It was just felt like fan casting. I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be something real. Whatever. I mean, they, they got to make the strange movies and not just like strange in the Marvel universe. I mean, exactly. the single year movies have to be about the characters and not the the connectivity. So I think that I, was, I was actually wondering, like with this, this felt like Doctor Strange in the MCU. Yeah. So when she showed up, okay, it's still a Doctor Strange story. Mm-hmm. I, I do like that she is of Cumberbatch's age, though. Yes, that is true, right. and also age strong, another strong female character. So there we go. Okay. It, it also, one of the things that actually surprised me in the movie too, like I did not expect to see Clea in this movie. Neither did I. No, I like no, I, I was not like, at all. I, I have. I it took me it took me back so much. I'm like, like, who the fuck's playing her? Who who is that? I'm like, mm-hmm. oh shit, that's Charlize Theron. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right, cool. The outfit. I mean, the co- like, the costume. I gotta say, the things they did with Strange's costume here. No, the the pocket square. Me- oh god. A huge boner. Just like 
jumping off the the thing and just the costume coming out. That was smooth as silk. Oh, yeah. And then the thing at the end here where he's wearing this stupid-ass shirt buttoned all the way up like some asshole from 2022. (laughs) And then just like, you know, twirling around and he's like ready to go. I think it's technically 2025 in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I I, I don't know what year. 2025, 2026? I just just still maintain that people... Who button up their collars without wearing a tire? Assholes. Okay. All right. Do, mm. do, do we note it? Do Dude, we it's it? the dark hold. Dark <laughs> yeah, doesn't let him wear a tie anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the last thing I'll say about Doctor Strange, the very last thing, is that like his fake wig and beard are so obvious in this film. Yes, like, bla- yeah, blatantly obvious. Um, yeah, they're still bad. This was. He looks like an action figure. Donovan, this was the first movie where he actually grew the goatee for real. I shit you not. That's actually that's oh, actually, so so the so the eight three eight hair. He shaved for that. Then. Yes, the wig is bad. The yeah. wig is terrible. He, he shaved for that, but but the rest of the, that's probably like one of the last scenes that they did, more than likely. Because was it was it fake in the previous films? Uh it was yes. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So that's because it, it looks it looks so like like fully formed in this movie. Yeah. All right, everybody, get yourself a close up. <laughs> what do you got going on? <laughs> This is garbage, okay? Come on, this thing is garbage. I, I shaved like the other day because I, I couldn't groom it probably, so I just hacked it all off. See, I just, I just trimmed mine this morning. Uh, and I trimmed the bottom bit yesterday. It's, I have this, this, this big, is months Chris, what you got? I won't grow. Sorry, I just shaved. And this over here. <laughs> you know what's funny is that, no, what's really funny, and I will say this, like, whenever I do shave my face, I do look like 10 years younger, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> dead skin. That's it. Get, get rid get of all, all that peach fuzz. Off. Yep, that's it's, the way it works. It's. It, I. I do have dark hair on my face though, and it, it, it's sad. Hey, since like, we mentioned Charlize Theron and we mentioned the boys, who's watching the boys? My mother. Hi, I mom. haven't watched a single episode yet. <laughs> okay, I Dude, feel bad. Herogasm but... was great. Yes. but also way overhyped. Uh, like, I, like in the comic. Yes, exactly. Like in the comic. No, no. He, yeah. Everybody now, I, at work. I not. I did not read. The boys as it came out. So when I got to hear orgasm, it was great, mm-hmm. and it was gross at the same time. And then having read that, watching the hype for herogasm, mm-hmm. expecting the same level of bacchanal or debauchery, <laughs> yeah. only on an island, only to have it be like on a tiny little farm in Iowa. Eh. Yeah, it was like this screams TV budget versus. Oh yeah, yeah, and also and also everybody, everybody at work is always like. You love the boys. I love you love the boys. But I read the original comic, and it was so bad. I agree. Like, it's it, it is a hard time. I mean, I, I I know for a fact the show is better. The first um, the, I, it's better. It's way better. I gave but, but I it gave is up a hard after, time when it be over. I gave up after yeah. I gave up after issue fifty of the comic. I couldn't I couldn't read past that. Like right I read the there, whole thing, and um, yeah, it's just my it's just such a the outlook isn't. I don't agree with the outlook. I agree. That's so, that's my problem with the book. And the, like. The boys doesn't appeal to me because it is such a, I don't say like, it, it, yeah, I'll say it, it's a mean spirited look at superheroes. And well, I, I the get, tone is the same all the way throughout the seventy two issues. It's yo, exactly yo, the same. Yeah, and like, it's it's it gets tired of it. But it's 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 very much like it's one like, note. It's one note, and like it, like I, I get that it's taking the piss out of like you know superheroes mm-hmm. in general. Like, oh yeah, superheroes be fucking idiots if they're if they're in real life. But like, I I, I think like it's just that. It doesn't speak to me because it, it it's not really saying anything that I don't already know or don't already yeah. Yeah. agree with. And, like, and the show, it, I honest to God, feel feels like is so much better than the comic 
for many reasons, one of which is that you do actually feel like you're getting to know these characters and they're not just like one note in that way. Um, even even the assholes, even the flaming assholes on the show, which are many, including a lot of our heroes. Like Butcher is not a good person. He, oh, he never was. Yeah. Also, the literal flaming assholes, too. Yes, that yeah. too. Yes. But I, I, I definitely feel like we're getting more story out of the show than we ever got out of the comic. Story, yes, that's, that's, been, that's been enough confirmed. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I, I can't speak to the show, and I know that, like, uh, I think um, you guys have talked about wanting to talk about it, but I would say that, like, you know, uh, I'm in my, like, you know, optimism mode this year. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I truly, genuinely, really loved, like, Turning Red. And I'm much oh, more kind of in, yeah. on that vibe than, mm-hmm. like, seeing, like, them the all-star fan scene with like the girl on the rooftop like i get that like that this kind of show is necessary this kind of storytelling to like sort of subvert the genre and yeah. twist it to kind of tell stories about it but i mean that's 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 like really grim and like you know with the supreme court running rampant and like you know yeah, living yeah. In, like, a red, a red mm-hmm. and stuff like mm-hmm. i don't need that in my media that's fine which, which isn't mm-hmm. to say that like this doesn't deserve to be here it's just like sure. Personally, for me, it's not. I'm not. I'm not of this conversation. I'll, I'll take my violence with Arnold Schwarzenegger and <laughs> laugh at it, rather than live with it in real life and in the media. Which, yeah, which, I, 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 I'm a I'm a very vulnerable person in a pandemic that's still going on, and I'm bleeding from my left eye. I I, I want to have fun. Yeah, I want. I, I don't need to criticize all these icons that I grew up enjoying. I I, I just want to relax. You man. you want to have you want to have fun? Umbrella Academy season three. Is, I, I still I, I still watch first. Page. I know you do, Raph. You never watch anything. Uh, what what I, I what what I what I will say is, again, take the basic premise of the of the comic and then go in a in a in a in a separate direction. Uh, they're the same characters. I to finish reading the comic. <clears throat> yeah, they're 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 different enough to still have the heart of the of the characters, but go where they need to go. And You're telling me yes. the one indie comic you made me read, yes, and that I really liked from our review corner, yes, and they oh. they took the theme and they took the style and yes. threw it out the fucking window. No, not at all. And you want the styles, to enjoy it? Style's still there, dude. Style's still there, and actually, so are the basis of the characters. So is the basic premise of the show. So is like so much of the story, but also it does its own thing, like any good TV show should. You know, you shouldn't be beholden entirely to the source material, no matter what. Otherwise, you just read the damn comic. Like for all the CGS listeners who haven't been listening for years, like yeah, friends like Matthew Guy. That was a deep cut reference to our days when yeah, we were yes, sponsored it was. by a different company. Yep. We did this thing called Review Corner, and yep. Ian got me to read an independent comic book every single and month. You hated every single one and of them. Fucking hated every single one except yep. for Umbrella Cat. Exactly. Although I guarantee you, if you went back now and you read half that shit, you probably like it more. Uh, I don't think I would enjoy Beast of Burden or the Doctor Who comic still. Okay, I like Beast of Burden. Be- you might actually like. You might actually like. It's horror animals. What's not to like about animals? You wouldn't like Doctor Who though, but yeah, Beast of Burden you probably you may very well like. But Chris, how far into season three are you at this point? Uh, I think it was episode four. So way at the back, at the beginning of this 
for you mentioned murder. Like I had a murder moment today yeah. because I'm watching these episodes and they walk up to the hotel oblivion. And I'm like, Oh, are they actually doing the, the third story arc of the comic? Uh-huh. The one I haven't read. Wait a minute. And I like, <laughs> I go under my, bad, though. I, jo- I go down to my coffee table and uh-huh. I dig out and I find issue two and three. I've been sitting there since I came <laughs> out. I haven't read them. And I'm like, <laughs> i haven't read umbrella academy since the first volume and that was back in 2000 the first volume was i i I think that's also why two is great the third volume hotel oblivion was just a mishmash to me like Mm -hmm. to me i don't i don't know about you ian but they took like almost way too much time off in between volumes Mm -hmm. that I feel like they lost a lot of steam in that third comic volume. Which is, another, which is another reason why I'm glad that the show is just, you know, it's taking basic concepts and premises and then making its own story out of it. Because I think that what you get out of this third season continues the the character arcs and the development while also introducing, I mean, you know, slight spoiler, you know, the the... the, the the world, the world is just basically reshaped after the end of season two, and they land, and they're no longer at home like they should be. Um, it's uh, you know ba- basically the sparrows' world, uh, and something happened where the umbrellas basically never got together, and instead the sparrows are living in their house, uh, and 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 we go from there, and we find out more about the sparrows themselves, and you know who they are, why they are, and also why the world may potentially be ending again in season three. Um, but that's honestly, they do a good job of building it. And that's really all they had to do. Um, I'll also point out, they have to do things differently because season three, of course, deals with the fact that, uh, Elliot page has transitioned. So they want to have the character transition. Mm -hmm. So they actually write that in rather than just doing it. And like, I mean, I feel like they did have to address it considering the character of Vanyo's, very unique definitely in a way i mean you know she was the driving force of the first volume of the comic Mm -hmm. so i mean yeah they can't just kind of be like oh yeah vanya is victor now and just like ignore it i i mean i thought most of the scenes that i've seen so far have been pretty nice Mm -hmm. though i will admit i'm getting tired of the thank you for telling me your truth thing is just really grating i i don't know that's something people type that's not what they say (laughs) Yeah, as someone who never actually came out of the closet, like I'm a little baffled by that whole thing. So I'll admit, like I'm not the best person to like really talk about that. You know, yeah. as I, as I joke, it's like don't have to come out of the closet if you were never in there. They don't really harp on it too much. Like I mean, you know, once once he gets settled, basically, um, it's you know, Victor is Victor, and that's and that's what the character is now. And then they you know basically move on from there to the actual story arc for Victor and and the rest of the characters. So yeah. The, Getting there is the the somewhat clunky part. Better hair, at least. Very true. Yes. <laughs> yep. Although you can also tell where he was in transition by what scenes are when and and what his voice sounds like. But that's uh, you know that, that, that that's all part of, that's all part of it. I was um, I was researching for a podcast episode that just came out that we did on my own show, mm-hmm. and um, I was watching Elliot Page's old show Gaycation, which was a Vice show. Yeah. And when when he and uh, friend Ian went into Japan, and this is before Elliot transitioned. But there are interesting there are interesting moments in that episode, like the reading like hentai and stuff, and like or something. And then like Elliot says stuff like, "Oh, you know, this makes me want to have a dick or whatever." And it's like, 
Oh, that's that's a, that's something to notice. Like, <laughs> like something that that is impossible to skip over. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, 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 I'm really serious. Like, well, <laughs> wait. Well, so you were talking about this on your podcast? <laughs> I, I didn't mention that. But like uh, okay. that episode, he's way was, he's way it, more safer on his own podcast. Than well, but first. didn't you also talk about your podcast in 2008? How how four how four young men survived? For fuck's sake! Okay. Damn it, Rap. So I actually forgot to mention that. Okay, that's fine. But I, I told uh, uh, my my ho- my co-host about it after the recording, and like we like you know, we, were, we were just like. LOLing about it. I, I feel I mean, like we're so are we going to edit this out of the final thing, or are we going to explain it? Uh, we, we'll, 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 we'll 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 explain it because, frankly, yeah, that might be the good way to end this show. Because I'll, I'll point out we've been. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> let, 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 surprise, we went over. Mega, I'll, Megacon. I'll, I'll just put the, paint a picture. Yeah, we were at con, we were at Megacon. Yes, and this is where Bert learned of what Yuri and Yaoi was yes. in Japanese manga. Yes, indeed. But I only learned about it. In the post show, in the post visit recording on a different episode of Comic Timing, when these guys told this story, and I went, What the fuck is that? (laughs) What were you guys talking about? And what is Yuri and what is Yowie? And then they explained this whole story to me and they explained to me what Yuri and Yowie was. Yes. And I was like, Art Brent. A what? Yes. Girl on girl or guy on guy. Now, this was 2000 and. Eight or nine? Eight. Yes. eight. Uh, yeah, eight. I just started working in Midtown. Yeah. yeah, this was this was the year that... So in the year I, of wokeism, this was a long time ago. So My birthday. It was the Iron, weekend of my birthday. Iron Man had just come out when we went to Florida. Mm-hmm. Actually, Iron Man, had, no, Iron Man had not come out yet. Iron Man no, was it was May. No, it had not. Yeah. This was March. MegaCon yeah. was always in March until they moved it a few years ago. And yeah, it was my birthday weekend because I remember because we did my, like a birthday dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went to fr- fucking Fridays. <laughs> We didn't go to Friday. Yeah, we did, didn't we? Oh, no. We went, no, we, we went, went, went to Fridays. Yeah, with with the we CGS guys. Oh, right. yeah, we did go to CGS Fridays with CGS. Yeah, 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 that's but, right. but for you And then guys, we went to the biker bar with Adam and Comfort. Right? And, and, and then we... No. What year did we, do, what year did we do Steak no. and Ale? That was the same year. That was, that was the year. last year of okay. Steak and Ale. Got it. Okay. We did, yeah. steak and, we did Steak and Ale like the night before. Yeah. And then we did Hibachi the last night. No, we did Hibachi with you. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was all really good. Oh, That's what I remember. The food was really good. Yep, except for Fridays. But oh god! So was it? So that was it. Was it that Saturday or was it that Friday that happened? I think it was. It was Saturday. a Saturday and Saturday. a Sunday. Yeah, because there was one so, on Sunday too. Yeah. So Saturday we were leaving the con. It was about five or six o'clock in the, in the afternoon, and BK had just interviewed Mark Wade. Yes. And we were we were riding. Yeah, that was high. one of the last things mm-hmm. we did. Yep. We were yeah, we were out. riding, walking out riding high, and. The way we the way you left the con at the time was you had to go up the escalator because mm-hmm. um, it was below ground level. Yes, and we were there, and you didn't really hear much, but there was a little din of like Yuri, 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 and I'm like, oh, that's weird. Okay, cool, whatever. And as we began to crest up the escalator, Full it just got old. Louder and louder, and then all of a sudden the escalator stopped moving. Oh. <laughs> that means you got off the escalator. No, 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 no. It stopped moving because it the amount of people were being blocked by the chant, <laughs> by the chanting crowd. Yes, uh-huh. they were literally in the middle of the of the, I guess the in, the main entrance, shouting Yuri and Yowie, and it was like a gay manga turf war, as you said back then. It was literally the sharks and the jets. 
They had paddles. They had. <laughs> oh, I remember the paddles. They had. Um, what? Is, what oh God. Uh, yeah, no. Keep they, going. Finish. Keep going. They had I paddles, the paddles. They had paddles. They had the fans. It was literally like a like a Japanese. They had Japanese cheer crowd. Like, it's... like the fans that come out, just going back and forth. And here, yeah, we. And yeah, I'm they like, were all like leaning in and then leaning back and then leaning in and then leaning back. It was uh, uh, it was and rhythmic I'm, and frightening. And I it was to see little weebs like that. Yeah, so was many the most weebs. Horrifying. Yeah, I feel like 15 years later, you're embellishing this a little bit. Raff. It, it was pretty. It was something. It was something. It was, it was the most. Also, horrifying. That, like Yuri and Yali are like are like rivals that like don't like each other. Probably reading both. But that's what it was a manga. It was the game manga turf war of 2008. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. I was gonna say this is 2008. You probably didn't read both at that time. Yeah. No, it this was. was the, no, one now, is definitely way more ourselves. popular than the other, and it's in not the one you think. You were either into one or the other. All right. This was this was pre Tumblr. This was pre Ao3. This right. was still like fanfiction.net. Let's yep. go on. Let's go on. Zanga. Zanga. <sighs> MySpace. Zanga, MySpace. Hell, I think even like maybe maybe Live Journal was still around at the time. Also, and Dead Journal was still around. Yep. Probably. All right. Well, so, now, like, now now that now that the world knows about 2008 MegaCon, I feel like. Let's just go around the table, talk about real quick, literally real quick. You don't even have to like review it or whatever. Just let the, let some people know some good stuff you've been reading lately since we haven't even actually gotten to that point yet. And we're three hours in. So clearly that ain't happened in this episode. So uh, maybe you should have an episode more than one, every six months. Uh, yeah, maybe I will. Uh, Don, Dono, uh, what you've been reading That's a lately? Fat cap. What do you what do you think? What What do you got? Okay, real quick. Uh, still Nightwing. Still really digging it. Tom Amen. Taylor and Bruno Verdonco. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really mad uh, when Spider-Man Beyond ended with the, what they did to Ben Riley again. Mm-hmm. Like, Spider-Man I was, Beyond like, was terrible. I ranted on Twitter, and I don't care how that sounds because I know that Twitter is like a joke. But like, I was like, seriously, fuck you, Marvel. That being said, I'm very much enjoying Zeb Wells' Amazing Spider-Man, Same here. despite like everything. Because mm-hmm. I don't like Zeb Wells on Spider-Man, but this has got me, and I really am enjoying it right now. So, Best for me to junior ASM. art in years. Best for me to junior art in years. So, yeah, because Scott Hanna's inking him and not Klaus Jansen, finally. Yep. yep. That last issue twist, that one that just came out like last week, was great. Haven't read it yet, so... But, Phenomenal. But, but I'll get there. Yep. So, right. so like, a- ASM, again. Excellent. Brandon, anything? Yeah, Nightwing. Yeah, go on that. Uh, honestly, like, Pitch Perfect, uh, pitch perfect uh, Nightwing. I'm loving everything that they're doing with the post um, post SF Alfred trying to like you know um, like really commemorate his commemorate what he stood for and what he really did for Bat Family. Yeah, X Men also. Yep. Um, any X books are still going solid, still going strong. D- Duggan's uh, Duggan's done a shockingly good job of picking up the pieces. Like yeah, he's yeah, really good. Yeah, uh, anything post Inferno still fucking excellent mm-hmm. and not comic book related, but I guess kind of geek media related. Uh, Critical Role just did a four episode miniseries mm-hmm. uh, called uh, Exandria Limited Calamity and it is the most heartbreaking thing I have seen in a very long time okay. uh, and it, it, it's deeply affecting. Alright, fair enough. Raph? Uh, haven't been reading much because the eye things but uh, the last thing I did read was what was it? Um I I started to read that Thor Hulk cult crossover that just finished. Mm-hmm. I read the um, 
I've been reading Shang-Chi, uh, Jin Lun Yang, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi's been really good. It was like okay. Shang-Chi versus it. Like they basically had like a bunch of Marvel characters cameo and like try to stop him mm-hmm. while his sister turned evil. Um, uh, let's see. What else was there? Oh, um, um, what you call it? Not that one. Uh, Iron Fist, the new Iron Fist. I, I, I'm in like issue three of that. That one's pretty solid. Nice. Uh, because they finally, you know, listened to me after all these years. <laughs> And um, Mark Bernard had it first. Yeah, this is true. And uh, and uh, other stuff. I mean, Chris is probably going to talk about it, but fucking Strange New Worlds is amazing. It's so good, and I love it so much. So and, freaking like, good. Uh, you know, we've been DMing, and I I don't know. Yep. something's going to happen. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, Brent, you know, I just read Batman Fortress number two, and I gotta say, it's really fucking good. Good. Derek Robertson on art, Gary Weta, who wrote Star Wars Rogue One. Um, it's a Batman comic that's not afraid to take chances. Hmm. Is it Black Label? It's some really wild things. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, e- either way, it's it's if it's not, it's still out of continuity. It's a standalone thing. Really enjoying that. Um, oh gosh, Tom Taylor. I think I saw on the shelf. That's why I book asked. That's still all. The uh, Dark Knights of Steel. Really good. Really enjoying that Elseworlds tale. And uh, I got to say, Kirkman's firepower, still bringing it, still bringing the heat. Mm-hmm. Really enjoying go. that. Chris Samney's fucking phenomenal. <laughs> As the guy who saw him on the, I don't know what it was, Ages of Thunder, God of Thunder back in the day, mm-hmm. and fucking hated his art style, <laughs> I love him now. I mean, I loved him on Daredevil. But now on Firepower, he is just, oh, chef's kiss. Beautiful. Oh, and um, uh, Zdarsky, was it Zadarsky that did Daredevil uh, before that event? Yes. That was really, I just finished that. That was really fucking yeah. good. Is he, is he done now? No. No, he's, he's still going. He's, he, he no, just, I, I, I just read everything up to that big yeah. event with uh, Wilson Fisk. They're, they're, so relaunching I'm not it, they're relaunching Daredevil. I don't know if it's Daredevil's plural, but. No, I think it's just Daredevil. Zdarsky's still around. Yeah, it's, it's just Daredevil. It's just a his, new his volume. issue of Batman is dropping next week. Yeah. Yes, also happening. It's a new yeah. volume of Daredevil. I'm, I'm not sure if he's going to be exclusive with DC now that he's with uh, Batman, but for now, he's still on Daredevil until at least hey, the end of the they still got Jorge Jimenez on Batman. I'm still happy. There you go. Jorge's so good. I love his um, Justice League stuff. Chris, you've been reading anything or want to shout anything out? Uh, I've actually been reading a lot. It's a shame that we have no time now. Uh, <laughs> Take as much time as you want. Yeah, please. Yeah. No, well, seriously, please. Uh, I mean, the first thing I'll mention, and Ian's heard me mention this a bunch of times, that um, Adam Ellis, the guy who, you know, does Adam Tots, you know, he has the the comic all the time. And everybody mm-hmm. know him best from the Shh, let people enjoy things mm-hmm. comic has a new book called Fever Nights. And it's not really a comic. It, what it says on the cover is it's a fake strategy guide. And it's basically written like a strategy guide, but it's for a game that does not exist. Yeah. So it has character biographies. It has item descriptions, you know, NPC descriptions, you know, villain descriptions, like, and it has like the strategies for how to beat them. It gives you the little story teasers for like the different, you know, worlds that you have to visit in it. And, you know, I mean, it's written like an old strategy guy would be written where, you know, and he said in the in the intros that he wasn't he didn't have a lot of video games as a kid, but his mom worked in a bookstore. So he would read the strategy guys. And that was the only way he could experience a lot of games. So I, I thought it was a really impressive way to deliver like like uh, this fantasy story, mm-hmm. you know, 
Um, the other thing I will mention is that, of course, on Hulu right now, uh, they're basically simulcasting Spy X Family. Oh, cool. Yeah, so you can watch it a week or you That's know, the flavor of the month right now, for sure. Yeah, I used to... I. I, I say I used to because I've fallen way behind. I, I read the manga on the Shonen Jump app, which, again, I will always recommend the people because, again, it is $2 a month, though they might raise it soon because they actually sent me a survey like, how much would you pay? And I'm like, this is a trap. This is a trap. <laughs> I am not paying. Don't, don't you dare answer. I would pay 50 yeah. cents. I would pay exactly 50 cents. I was cents. like, $3. That's it. Because I know some people are going to be like dollar. And I'm like, no, no, don't do this. man. As long as it doesn't go above five, I'm actually fine with it. But Spy X Family, just to give the short description is you think of it as it's like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, where there's a spy and he needs to get close to like the prime minister of like the opposing country. And the only way to do that is by meeting the guy at like a social event for the guy's kid's school. So he has to like adopt a kid, get her into the school, get her into like the special like social mixers for like the high achieving students. And, you know, he ends up with like this little apathic kid who basically just tells him whatever he wants to hear, you know, so she's kind of an idiot to be honest, but it's because, you know, she's pretending to be six when she's only like four. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, it's the summer of Chris. I am taking the summer off. So I am just not working. Uh, The summer of Chris. But yeah, no, what, what makes Spy X Family especially funny is like eventually he has to go and get a wife because, you know, they have to be a nuclear family to present at this hoity-toity school. And the woman yeah, he he ends, yeah, and the woman he ends up like, you know, fake marrying is like actually an assassin for the other country. So it is literally like I was reading a, uh, a write-up that said that it's kind of brilliant because nobody actually knows what's really going on except for the little telepathic girl. So mm-hmm. she's the audience surrogate. Nice. So yeah, I do recommend watching it or reading it right now. Sorry if that went a little long, but no, not at all. Yeah, it is, not, the, not at all, it is the flavor of the month, but it is the flavor of the month for a reason. It's just bizarre and weird. Like it's everything you want out of anime. Like when you you know when you look at anime and you want like that stereotypical weirdness, mm. this is it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I would just say I'm rereading Fables for my YouTube channel. I've not rereading, but. Uh, I only read up to the first half mm-hmm. of the first like 150 issues. Yeah. So I'm almost at the halfway mark. It is still fucking so good. It's it yeah. Like, I mean, the first half is so fucking good. I, I so need I need solid. to I need to actually finish it because I never did. And I oh, I finished it. Yeah. And frankly, now that it's continuing, uh, I certainly do need to because everything I've heard about the uh, the revival was that it's basically picking up where it left off just as good as it ever was so um and it's pretty cool that they're going back to the original numbering that it's not just like a volume two or whatever that it's just straight up picking up where the series left off so that's pretty cool um I'll, I'll, um recent reads for me and things that i recommend obviously i'm on the nightwing train also uh super uh the uh the son of uh Kal-El series also the tom taylor's writing continues to be ter- terrific stuff um, Dark Crisis number one. I gave it a read before we got on the call today, and I will say that I'm I'm still in on Dark Crisis. I think that that this is probably one of the few crossovers DC's done over the past couple of years where it, it just feels old school in like all the right ways. Well, like it, it is William, baby's first crisis, so basically. Williamson was great on Flash, and I still stand by his Birthright comic. If you haven't read that, go read that. Mm-hmm. Birthright's I'm just great. wondering about like his other stuff has not been as good as his Flash run or Birthright. So oh. I'm 
I'm hesitant to give it a full endorsement, but so far, like I, I did enjoy Dark Crisis number one. And the art is gorgeous. The art, the art is oh, absolutely well, gorgeous. Hermonico has been fantastic ever since he was doing. He was doing like fucking stuff with Injustice mm-hmm. with um, Bruno Redondo, who's you know Tom Taylor found them. I don't know, found them, but they're their editor on in the Injustice Weekly comic fuck found them both and needs a raise because he found these great artists and Seriously. they were stuck on the Injustice Weekly comic for years, mm-hmm. for like the last 10 years. Yep. And now him, Daniel Sampier, um, Bruno Redondo, Hermonico have all graduated. They're all phenomenal artists. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and I, I also reiterate Amazing Spider-Man has been has been great so far. And the She-Hulk comic, uh, I, I want to recommend also. G, uh, that, uh, I read that first issue, yeah. Yeah, Rainbow, Rainbow Rowell on, on She-Hulk so far has been uh, the best She-Hulk since Dan Slott. It's, it's great stuff. Uh, every, everything that's, uh, that's going on, like it, it's basically a reset of the character, but in a good way where like she's living in Wasp's uh, old apartment, uh, basically because Wasp is not there, that Janet Van Dyne is elsewhere, and, and she's rebuilding her life from the ground up as a lawyer again, trying to figure out everything that's, uh, that's you know, in her future, essentially. And it's a good way to go. So, yeah, good stuff. Rainbow So I know that, like Chris mentioned uh, in our message, I'm not read nor, nor seen it, but, like, shout out to Heartstopper, the other flavor of the month. Oh, yeah, yeah, good, good point. Oh, and for that matter, uh, the Orville new season absolutely terrific some of the best uh space faring action drama excitement funny great times that i've had in years it is so good yeah like, i haven't watched the heart stopper yet i i didn't really i've been on vacation this past you know few days so i haven't gotten really around it. i mean mind you it came up before that but, but i wanted to watch it a little bit before the show but we're not really having a lot of time yeah uh, oh, I do want to mention before we sign off. Mm-hmm. That, yes, I was in Toronto. So yeah. it, it became a like a mini comics vacation because I wanted to go to Casa Loma because I wanted to go to Casa Loma ever since I read Scott Pilgrim. Yep. And then I I got so excited when I was walking up the street and I saw the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it was it was a thrill. I was oh. like, I was like, Chris Evans can't grind down these. There's little bumps all over the railings. He would have freaking died at the top of them. That's why him making the as far as he's epic. Yeah. So did you ever see a girl with hair like this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, flowers? Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Her. Yeah. I might have. Uh I also I tried to go to the beguiling, but they're actually not open for in-person shopping they're at, like most of the week, which kind of annoyed the shit out of me. Yeah. Uh I did go to the uh the, the TCAF like official store that's like called like pages and panels, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a very nice store. They didn't have as many zines as I wanted, but it was a, it was a nice little store. Nice. I, I'm just that shout out. I figure it's relevant, you know, because again, I yeah. just came back from there, and that was my little, like, I'm going to be a comics nerd. I I, tr- I tried to go to 1811 Comics while I was up in uh, Buffalo this uh, this last weekend, but uh, they were closed for vacation. But they're inside of a of uh, an old an old mill. Uh, in uh, one of the historic areas of Buffalo, and uh, you were able to still like walk inside on the first floor, and there was this awesome standee of uh, of you know movie Spider Man in uh, the ice cream robe for the <laughs> for the uh, for the ice cream place that's also in the same building. So well, that's not the original. No, it's not. That's just, that's like Spider Man Two, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That looks yeah, like that looks that, like Spider Man Two to me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The original. That was, was at my store for a long time. 
Yeah. The original was at Midtown Forever, and uh, I've I know I know it anywhere. Yeah, there were uh, some of the other uh, images that I that I got pictures of. Like, there's all these awesome uh, pictures on the on the wall of the uh, of the guy who owns the place, uh, and some Simpsons art and people that he's met. Uh, signed Adam West also that I that I got a picture that I didn't get a picture of, but then there's these Love it. very very cool uh, Groot and uh, Can you uh, throw up rocket. the photo I sent you from the beguiling? Actually, since uh, you disabled screen sharing, yes. like the evil evil puppet master. Yeah, let me see if I could find it real quick uh, in Messenger. Uh, but how how long ago was that? That was a while. Oh yeah, Monday. It was Monday, dude. Yes, Monday. Monday. Monday, Monday. Oh, I do want to ask. Ian's looking. What do you guys consider the most famous comic shops in the world? That's an excellent question. That's a very good question. I, yeah, I know uh, that could turn into a whole show on its own, but just mid year in mile high. Yeah, I visited uh, for the first time uh, in April when I was visiting in uh, New York. Um, something you knew me. I would say yeah. Golden Apple, but I don't know if that exists anymore. I think it kind of still does. I think it does. Yeah. How famous is Miss Secret Stash? Pretty, 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 only pretty, famous. pretty famous. No, I've been there. It's, yeah. it's small. It's smaller than you'd think it'd be. It yeah. is. I, uh, <laughs> I, did, I, I was almost on their reality show. Same here. Uh, High five. What are we going to do a to rivalry. A place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The original location is small. Is this it? This is it, right? I'm sorry, I just what yes, that? that's it. Yep, yeah, yeah. That's Aww. what it looks like. Basically, you can pick up your your list, but you can't actually do any in store browsing. But I, I was mostly annoyed because I was like, "It's one of the most famous shops in North America, if not the world. Why yeah. are you doing this to me?" I think they switched a while ago. I think I was still at Diamond when they switched to this uh, to this uh, system. Really, if I remember right, interesting. Uh, so it's been a couple of years that they've been like because I think I think they're they just decided to switch models because it wasn't working out for them. Oh, I would. I, 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 this, I, I could be wrong. I would also. I went to this shop in in Melbourne, Florida, which is like on the beach last week, and they had an entire wall of DC trades, an entire wall of Marvel trades, and it was all date, and they had all the old stuff too, mm-hmm. and I was really impressed. Nice compared to the fucking chain here in Orlando, <laughs> which is. Terrible. I'll, I'll I'll add I'll add Forbidden Planet and Isotope to the list as well. I think Tifa. Tifa. Another world. Yep. Tifa. Yeah. Tifa is pretty high up there too. Um, uh, oh, oh, I, I guess I would have said I would have said um, Meltdown, but they're gone. DCBS. Yeah. The place Ian took <laughs> yeah. me is famous because Ian always talked about it. Oh, J- and Jim, Jim, Jim Doctor Hanley's. Strange went there. Yes, Jansen's. J- Jim Hanley's. Jim Hanley's. Yes. Hanley's yeah, yeah. universe. Yeah. Yeah. J- yeah. But that doesn't. Um, Exists in the way it used to. Well, I mean, I mean, it's still there. It's just, it's just a smaller store now. On more like a on, spiritual successor. Yeah, you know, yeah. shout out to to Nick. You yes. know, who really yeah. does not listen to the show, but <laughs> yeah, but they're they're JHU comics these days. The uh, they 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 basically a bunch of people who used to work at the original Jim Hanley's took it over, and now it's just straight up JHU. So uh, I guess for being local, I'll say Amalgam Comics, Philadelphia, since that was probably I think that's the first. Black owned. Mm-hmm. I still want to go. I haven't been yet. Yeah, I, I, nice. I didn't get a chance to go out to go there when I was in Philly last, but I'll I'll definitely try to make it happen. Maybe maybe when I'm in town for unplugged. Ooh yeah yeah, yep. we'll do a day trip. Yep, it's right, will, it's right there. So which will hope which will hopefully go on sale soon if it's happening. So yeah. 
All right, guys, we're just about at the three-hour mark, so I'm going to call it. Uh, we'll definitely try to do this more than every six freaking months this time around, maybe maybe at least every two months if we can try to commit to that. Or it's like next week. Yeah, I know. Just uh, remember, we were your original chick, not your side chick. I remember very we well, Brent. <laughs> December 31st, baby. Yes. Look, look I, look, I know we're old and busted, now, but, don't, but don't forget the – you know, I'm don't not. Go just with I'm, new not I'm not trading you guys in for a new model, okay? I promise. I absolutely. I mean, promise. literally, they're all older than us. That's exactly. already happened. I just want you to drive us more often. <laughs> Brent, will you just pimp your YouTube channel already? What, 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 where, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at YouTube. Uh, just search BK's Bullets, and I will be there. Excellent, Brando. Uh, well, um, doing a podcast, or actually a live play podcast with a raft. Uh, called POC. I guess we can announce it now. Uh, so hooray! Uh, please the, only crits. Yes, please only crits. It's a a POC only. Uh, I play D and D live play podcast. Uh, still have some stuff on the side over here on Twitter. The Dabadon. So nice. can I play? No. No. Can I? Can I play? I'm Jewish. Please only crits. I don't know what that means. Can Can I play? I'm Jewish. No, no, sorry. sorry. You know, I, I would like to see an, an all Jew game, though. I've never played. <laughs> what? Yeah. I rolled a twenty. What do you want to argue with me for? All right, it's a natural twenty. I don't care. If it doesn't count in skill checks. See, now you just sound like David. My wife and I were watching. <laughs> he is Stranger the last person Things. I saw. So <laughs> we were watching Stranger Things season four, and she was like, "What the fuck is this?" And I was like. I don't know. I've never really played. <gasps> I, two hours, oh my god! I think twenty-sided die dianu. That would be the name of the old Jewish D and D group. That is a that is a reference. That is so, that is that is pretty damn good, and I'm reference. holding on to that. And nobody better steal that. that. I is, is this shit. game based off chest hair? Because I, I've got as much as Donovan. Hey, yo, <laughs> Donovan, Donovan, what do you what do you, what do you what do you got? What do you what are you pimping? Uh, questions we don't have answers. Um, it's my main gig. We, this week we just came out with an episode. Uh, uh, essentially comparing how Japan's queer culture comp- uh, uh, correlates to how they c- treat their queer community and how that compares to America. Nice. Uh Also find me on Twitter at DonoDMG1 on Twitter. Thank you. Also, every, every time I'm always happy to be on the show. Oh, uh, we're, we're always happy always to have fights. you, man. Thank you for having me on. Oh, oh Dono, your aunt followed me on Twitter. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> I don't think the show follow. happens without Dono on anymore. I think you're part of the cast. But. I mean, basically, I should Just change the point. opening from rotating panel to sometimes Jamal is here and sometimes he's not. That's pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really just aunt, Debbie Morgan, the actress. Nice. nice. Which is fine with me. Raph? Um, uh, all my social medias, Raph does stuff. I, I have a website, I think. I think I have to renew the, the thing, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Cool. Um, uh, oh yeah, I write for some comics website or whatever. Occasionally, uh, what lists for them? It, it, is it uh, a, is it a resource of comic books? It used to be. It's just CBR now. So oh. CBR.com. What does CBR stand for? It used to stand for comic book resource. It's a like KFC. In the, it, it, they don't. <laughs> you're not going to see comic book, ref, uh, comic book resources <laughs> listed anywhere on it. I don't think. It's like it's it's just CBR now. It's it's a pop culture site now. It's called Cool Bros Rock CBR. Sure, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, exactly. I mean, I could be wrong. I haven't been on the front page in a, in a day or two, so I don't no. really remember. And Chris, what do you got? A day or two. <laughs> 
Well, since it is the summer of Chris, uh, I don't really have any projects right now. I've just right. been kind of toast for the past like two months. Uh, I mean, you can find me at Lampbane uh, and at Chris Nottis on Twitter. Uh, the latter, you'll probably see whatever new projects. I'll tweet them out. I'm, you know, I'll work on some magazines and some websites and stuff. But, you know, mostly I'm just chilling, relaxing, acting all cool. Shooting some Shooting b-ball. some b-ball, but I don't go to school. Ha <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, That hurts me so much. And, yeah. And- I will say, and I'll say this because I want I want Ian to commit to it. Yes. Is that Ian, me, and Raph, yes. and maybe my mom, we'd have a, a next point episode where we just talk about Star Trek and the Orville. Hell yes. Yes. <laughs> that that I, I, I want that I want that happening sooner than later. So we can definitely we can definitely plan that. Uh I just need to catch up on Strange New Worlds once I'm caught up. The- It'll probably be the, the end of this week, more than likely. So the logical snack to bring to that discussion would be to Pringles. Because once you pop, you are unable to cease. Email address for Comic Timing is comictiming at gmail.com. Uh, you can check us out at facebook.com slash comic timing. If you want to talk more comics and comic-related stuff with us fine folks, you can also check us out at the Comic Geek Speak Supergroup, as we'll be posting this to the main Comic Geek Speak site at comicgeekspeak.com, along with our site at comicdiving.net. So we thank Comic Geek Speak for allowing us to do so. Uh, I'm at Twitter, I underscore AM underscore sci-fi. And uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at that same link. So for Casina, for Chris, for Raph, for Donovan, and for Brandon, I'm Ian Levesey reminding everybody out there that there's always time for comics. <laughs>